The following is a KPB MediaWorks production. Choose your fighter. Yo, and we're on. Welcome to another episode of KPB Cast, guys. With me today, we have one of the stalwarts in uh, New York City for Dragon Ball Fighters and anything in general. It's Posey. How the heck are you, man? I'm doing swell, Rafael. Stalwarts. That's a nice word. That's a very there nice word. There you go. <laughs> so you know what? I, I, I got to ask something, man. You know, you got all your boys from the Hawk, House of Chaos. Nah. You know. <laughs> I never heard that. <laughs> you got all your boys and you decide to put something called the Demonic Eight. How do you not break people's hearts, you know, by not including them in that tournament? Like, well, what's the process of picking the, the certain, you know, the exact eight, you know? Well, luckily during, um, so well, what was special about Demonic Gate, what was tough about Demonic Gate was that it was hosted during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it could have gotten a, a horrible response because it was hosted during the pandemic. And um, I could have gotten like a horrible response just because I have eight people in my house. Oh my God, they're not masked. They're not this. <laughs> Jeez, they're not vaccinated. Luckily, it was 2020 and people were just happy to see you offline. So to pick the eight, mm, I could just remember that the day that I had Ray Ray over. I'm pretty sure you're aware of Ray Ray, Marvel yep. player. Mm-hmm. I had Ray Ray. He, he's a stand-up team. comedian, isn't he? These days, yeah, he's he, he dwells in that world, which is so dope of him. Very, very talented person overall. A good friend of mine, too. Um, we was just over. We was playing Dragon Ball. And I have a pretty spacious living room. You know? A very spacious living room. If you've seen the Hawk, if you've seen the <laughs> HOC, the House of Chaos, you know, Bump gets all his work done, and shouts to Bump, in a living room. You know? Yes, he does. He gets everything done in the living room. And at that time, I had people in and out, you know, pulling up for sessions like I would pull. So, Prodigy, shouts to Prodigy. Formerly KPB as well, I'm aware. Yeah, top eight at Marvel 3. Uh, which Evo was it? 20... 2017 Winnerside. One of yes, my favorite sir. players of all time, actually. Shout mm-hmm. out to Hassan. Um, you know, I, I would have Dragon out of I would have Meezy over, Nitro. You know, I used to have some of my boys over even during the pandemic, right? But only two to three people. So there was this one day. Um, I got to have like a pretty spacious living room. And I have a pretty spacious kitchen. And me and Ray just looked at it. And I just looked at Ray. Yo, bro, how do you feel about a, a bracket? At first, it was supposed to be 16 people. And then Ray was like, no, no, you are. You about to get back. You about to get canceled. Let's make it eight. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Yeah, everybody gets a hold of that on Twitter. So, and it's like, oh, look at that. He's putting the community at risk. <laughs> yep. So so I was like, all right, cool. So let's, um, let's make it eight people. So um, off the rip, the original list, actually. Because I think the, the, the Monica ended up being Jersey Sage, um, Meezy, um, Prodigy, Dragon God, Pred, Nitro, and I think June and Jeter, and Fawlty thing, pardon me. That was the original eight. But a couple people canceled and stuff stuff of that nature. And, oh, I'm sorry, Scammy. Scammy was supposed to be part of that eight. Scammy was supposed to be part of that eight. Eventually, the final list ended up being Jersey Sage. He replaced June. Meezy replaced Scamby. Faulty thing didn't make it that day, so then Cali Mac um um replaced Faulty, and then the Monica ended up being how it how it was. It was that de- there was definitely a couple of heartbreaks, but it was easy. Some people didn't want to come outside. Some people didn't want to come outside and I guess risk COVID and stuff of that nature. So well, no ate- man, uh, you, you know that's uh obviously that's uh, been a very 
big subject in the last two years. You know, I'm exactly. sure Bum, he, you know, like you say, he does it in his living room. He's had yeah. to tune it down quite a lot, you, you know, before all these mandates and everything else and the vaccinations. I, you know, I'm sure he's uh, started it up again. You know, I should yeah. be following him a little bit more often, but I've just been so busy. But I know with everything now, it's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, it was tough for everybody. And you learn firsthand. It's like, well, you know what? You got cancellations because, you, you know, some some people were completely like, you know, they were, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, they were paranoid about this thing. Definitely and can you blame paranoid, them? Man. Paranoid. And uh, some of them kind of affect their, like, personal lives. That's why I, the final eight that I ended up going with were just eight people that I know are comfortable with coming to my house first and foremost because they've been to my house at least during the pandemic and they you know they were scared of course we were all weary of the part of the of the pandemic and of COVID but there was eight guys that I know alright they're not gonna feel some type of way they'll feel, they'll feel safe here and they'll feel comfortable to come here so that was just I needed to find eight people that would, that would feel comfortable um, luckily, I didn't break too many horns because, you know, some people wasn't comfortable with coming outside. So I think I made the right decision. Are those eight guys, is it because they just needed to do something offline? Did they get tired of the online? Oh, first, I think that's definitely the first. Oh, man. I remember when um I had the eight official invitees. You should have seen how they were training, man. Maybe that's not how you train for evil, but I just know they were playing every day. For example, Ray Ray. <laughs> he doesn't play Dragon Ball every day, man. He... When me and Ray started hanging out during the summer, um, he started, I kind of, I want to say I feel very proud. I feel like I had him play Dragon Ball the longest. And for him to do Demonic 8, he'll definitely won't do it now. But for him to do it during that time, that that meant a lot to me. The way he practiced, the way he trained for it was insane. He he had a session with Sonic Fox before Demonic 8. Like, that's how, like, right. I, th I think if you do that, it's because you really want to win, right? Well, well, training with Fox, sure. When 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 you call upon the the fox the fox dumb to get to make sure you're ready for a bracket, you know, that makes you smile, man. It's like all right, guys are taking this serious. You got Lincoln and Prodigy looking up to, to have sessions. I had like two three sessions where I had like a like all of them over pretty much, you know. So like that that was cool, man. You had Jersey Sage crashing one night in my crib, right? And then yeah. the next night he went to Ray's house to have that Sonic Fox session. So it was just like. It was godlike. He didn't even go home to Jersey that night. He didn't go. He didn't go home to Jersey for two days. So like the preparation that these guys took to actually get ready for this bracket was was godlike. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was was that your first time ever uh, putting a little bit, uh, you know, a little tournament, a little uh, event together? And if it was, you know, like what, like share some of your experiences with us, you know, like first timer. Well, um, I guess one for one is easier, just because you're at home. I can understand why bum. As that comfort, I mean, it's so easy. All you, the most you got to do when you're preparing, like, say you're hosting the event, right? Such as the Monica. I hosted it in my house, right? I just had to clean my crib, you know? As a normal human <laughs> being, you should clean your crib. Yes. You feel me? Um, the vacuum cleaner, the broom, you know, windows to windows. All that good stuff. And, um, and then just set up your computer in the living room. Bow. <laughs> you know, it's really easy transitions, man. It's not, it's not nothing in this world but i know if you go the venue route man you gotta take a taxi with that pc you gotta make sure your wires are good before you sell tournaments a lot of extra preparations even though it was the same thing here but i did it all from the comfort of my home right i just had to prepare my home for it and not um, to mention it was a lot of your boys as well so you knew nothing, oh, those you are my know, nothing stupid was gonna happen right no no of course not. i have no strangers in the crib it was invitational for a reason <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was an invitational. You know, those are some of my some of my closest friends here in the in the FGC so far. And um, I knew I could trust every single. I knew I could trust everyone that was in my house that day. Who so, ended up winning that again? Nitro, of course. Shout out to Nitro. <laughs> how long did How long did it take, man? Did it like did you guys just stop following the rules and say, "Ah, screw it, man. Let, let, let's just you know crack out." Oh, also, so one of the things was um, it was funny, man. I try to set up to where it will be hard for Nitro and Pret to win, but. No, the fate of the universe didn't work out that way. So one of the interesting things about the Monte Gate, right? There was no seating. Do you want to know how the seating was done? Well, yeah, let's share it, man. I'm already laughing. All right, so I grabbed the hat. I took, like, eight pieces of paper, literally. I think I wrote the numbers of the seating, <laughs> and I threw them in a hat, and I shuffled it. Wherever, yeah, yeah. wherever number you got, that's your first-round opponent. That was the seating of the Monte Gate. It was gone. Right. I loved it. I loved every second of it. You want to know something it, funny? I actually up? ran. I did a pool tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe it was in May of uh, this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. up in Rockland County where I play pool, and yeah. I literally did the same thing because that's the first time I ever um, did a pool tournament. Yeah. So the owner had a bunch of Uno cards, and she's like, "Yo, just you know, just see them like this, you know, completely blind." I got lucky because some people that came from Long Island, they didn't have to play each other. So I'm like, "Well, I dodged that bullet." Yo, the way, the way, man, Nitro and Pratt dodged that bullet, man, because you had Nitro getting the third seed. No, I think Nitro, yeah, Nitro was the third and sixth match. And then um, Pratt was like one, one of the, one of the four or five matches or the one, or the two to seven matches. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was like, I did this so you guys could, like, unfortunately, Faye would make that play either first or second round. They wasn't going to play each other until fight winners final. So I was like, all right, there goes my plan. Because <laughs> I hey guys, and by the way, games. anybody listening to this, Nitro, trust me, we did. You know, he did not rig the brackets, okay? Nah, man, trust <laughs> me. In, in, in a perfect world, I would have loved him to play first round, and that was my plan. But Fade the Universe is like, nope, not today, Satan. <laughs> not today. You guys will play winners' finals or grand finals, like usual programming. So yeah, but no, I was so happy with the event, man. So, so it was, it, it was successful. Hey, man, let's hey, talk about you for a second. You know, how long have you been inside the scene, or better yet, how long have you been doing uh, gaming? Um, so FGC, I started my my since we we're about to be in twenty twenty one. Is that considered like four year anniversary, three three year anniversary? Well, you know what, you know, let's exclude the FGC for now, man. What about you? Like you yourself, like how long have oh, you been gaming? Oh, I've been gaming for as long as I can remember, man. Um, maybe since I was five. Especially with fighting games. I've always... Fighting games has always been my favorite genre. You know, I just never knew there was a competitive scene all these years. It's so godlike that there's a competitive scene. It's so... Such a cool aspect. That's what makes, that's what makes fighting games even cooler, I think. Of the course, of course. Why, like, did, uh, why were fighting games your... Uh, you know, why did they call you the most over... I mean, you know, obviously you're a lot younger than, you know, than a lot of people. So around I that mean, time. No, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, Street I'm, Fighter I'm, 4... I'm 29. I'm all that shit, man. Okay, I'm part, of my, part of my French. I'm a lot of curse. <laughs> yeah, of course you are, man. It's oh, the internet. Who cares, right? <laughs> that, oh, that's good to know that. But uh, you'd be surprised. So, like, I'm 29 years old. I grew up on Tekken 2. Tekken 2 was, like, my first fighting game where I was, like, sitting down. Wow. Well, you know and, what? Um, I ain't going to lie. That caught me by surprise. You look way younger than your age shows, man. I, I try to age well, man. Thank you. You should see my left side of my head, man. I got mad white hands, though. Don't let it fool you. <laughs> 
about me putting filters and stuff like that when I'm on commentary. So, did you experience the end of the arcade era, or was that long gone by then? Man, I hated mommy. She never used to let me. I used to have an arcade right around the corner, and um, I knew it had Marvel vs. Capcom too, or Marvel vs. Right. Capcom. But you know, I was young. I was little. She would never really let me go over there. But that arcade spot was pretty cool. I don't remember it. I just remember my brothers going over there and getting just hot dogs and some slushies. Right. Don't bring me and don't bring me home a hot dog and a slushie. So like, I I've always admired the arcade era. I wish I was more deep and involved in it. But you know, you're a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> and there's no money either, man. Sometimes there's no quarters. Of course, you know, all the quarters are for laundry, right, for mom. Unfortunately, she never used to let me take those, that little course I could play X-Men vs. Street Fighter inside, man. Never. <laughs> so what is it about fighting games that you know is your favorite genre? Um, I mean, considering that, you know, the era, so many different games out, you know, Call of Duty was tops and everything. You say you started with Tekken 2, so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, first-person shooters aren't exactly what they are now. So, you know, take us deep into that, man. Well, like, why, why is that genre your love? You know, like, well, why do you love them so much? so funny man i think um personally first is visual oddly enough right um so pardon so Tekken 2 is like the first fighting game i want to say i truly played because i was a kid i understood it yeah, i knew how to actually do combos and stuff of that nature but mm -hmm. this goes back to when i was like three four years old and i know it's crazy i can't remember just going that back but you know i had a cousin that just had a sega and a super nintendo which was well, godlike uh, instant jealousy right Oh, it's a giant. He never used to let me touch it, man. Horrible cousin. But nonetheless, I just remember, like, the visual of it. Like, you, I could take you back to Mortal Kombat, right? Like, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, like, my two earliest games I remember. You know, the son of a Hadouken. Like, for me as a kid, I was like, holy cow, a Hadouken? He's doing a blast? Like, something as simple as that. So, like, I got attracted to that, and then the way they look. Like, um, I, I love how... I love the ninjas this in Mortal Kombat. So, like, that's what, attract, that's what attracted production. me, right? So, like, you see Scorpion. He's dressed in yellow. See Sub-Zero dressed in blue, right? It's so simple. But that alone attracted me. And there was just something about... I don't know, man. Like, um, for Super Nintendo, if you think about it, right? That seemed like the more, like, advanced type of video games that were being made at the time. If you really think about it, right? Like, you have two right, patterns. Right. And they're fighting each other. It seemed almost like advanced compared to you know if you if you come down with some super nintendo games it's just it's rpg like i can't really explain it but like it just seemed more it just seemed more like realistic. real life realistic yeah i think that yeah. aspect really drew me to it now you know it's funny you say that you know you heard hadouken for super nintendo summoning a guy that i had here before yeah. you know he grew up hardcore in the um arcade scene and for him he'll tell you it was a lot of the music because if you ever experienced any of those machines, especially gaming centers, yep. like, you know, those machines were like, you know, they have boom boxes on them, you know, just to purposely have so loud funny. sounds to, you know, draw <laughs> you, in, you know, draw you to them. But like you said, you know, for you, it was uh, at home at, at, at our, C, you know, on a TV screen, listening to these characters say what they say and look how they look. And by the way, you know, I know it's become a joke. But you're absolutely right, man. All them ninja colors, I know it's a joke now. Oh, the, you know, the colors of the rainbow. Oh, but, yeah, they were freaking so cool. cool. I don't care so how cool. freaking, you know, I don't care if they were clones. Come on, man. That, that thing was beyond cool. I don't care who, that, I don't care what cool. anybody says. You had six different ninjas, man. You had Brain, you had Ermac, 
yeah, do Saibot. You had Reptile. Reptile was cool. And then their poses. It was just everything about it. Then you're right. The music was another aspect. But especially for Street Fighter. You know, you hear Ken's theme. You hear Guile's theme. You know. That's right. You feel Like, all that was so cool as a kid. I'm like, wow. This is God. Like, but you know, I was a kid. Oh, and Killer Instincts. I also... My earliest memories... I can remember for some reason, like, my brother actually buying the game that day. Yeah. Getting that game. So, like, those three games are, like, the earliest memories uh, when it comes to fighting games. And, like, that's why I just knew I was drawn to it. But then once Tekken 2 came out, my brother got the PlayStation for his birthday. That I remember. That's when everything changed, huh? That's when everything changed, man. And, and we had two games. One of them came with it. Apparently, it was Jet Moto. Jet Moto used to come with the PlayStation. If you bought PlayStation during... The 90s, you will get Jet Moto with it. Yeah, I remember that game very well. You get Jet Moto, and then my pop said, let me buy Tekken 2. And, bro, it changed that whole house. It changed everything. I can remember um, my brother's very first run because um, he picked Jew. No, that's the first character on the screen. He said, screw, I'm going to pick Jew. Yeah. And he's running it. And he's never played a game, so he's just doing his best. And then we get to Kasuya. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to say it took 30 minutes to finally beat him. It may have taken longer. I was a kid. But God, but God, I remember I was just watching. I was like, yo, this guy right here, like, Kasuya was the shit. With that godlike music in the background, I was like, oh, you're cool. And then the he turns boss. into and then he turns into a devil once you beat the, him. He's the true boss battle, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because my, my brother was able to beat the devil in 15 minutes. But Kasuya? Oh, man. I just remember... Those ten head combos that punch to the gut, and then he spins on you, bow, you know, as ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The little, uh, the little sweep on the floor, like with his legs sticking out, he just does like a couple of three sixties, and boom, the uppercut. The uppercut. Oh my god, he was just, he was that was so godlike. So we got into that, and you know, I was able to play every day. My pops was very good at that game. I couldn't beat that man. And the funny thing is that he had a very good Ganryu and yeah. a Wan Jinray. No, me and my brothers, we're playing top tiers. We're picking Bruce Irvins, Beck Dusans, <laughs> Bruce Shalons, and, and the, the Mishimas, plus the devil. <laughs> now, Dude, that's positive... awesome to hear, man. I mean, yeah, like, how many how many siblings you got? I got um, it's my sister and my two brothers, yeah. So, so I take it maybe your two brothers and including your pops, you know, were they the ones that you mainly gamed with before you found the FGC? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely, um. Eventually, I have a dying point, you know, with gaming, but, you know, we'll get to there. But, of like, course, it of start, course. It, it starts with them, you know, because um, um, through Tekken and, like, we just, we just, I got good at it, kind of. You know, I think I was good at it. You know, for five years old, I think I've got, like, at the time, because I, I always had a good Lee Shalon. To this day, you know when they say, like, there's a legacy character? Yes. I've been, I've been at least okay to go with that character for 20 years plus. I'll probably get smoked by all the top Tekken players, but, like, that... Uh, he'll never leave my, he'll never leave yeah, my finger. Whenever you pick memory. up the controller and you select him, you just, you know, it's different, right? The muscle memory is godlike. It hasn't left. <laughs> he's, he's, he's who I've been playing for 20 years, and then I had a sick Beck Dusan. But Beck Dusan was kind of easy. You know what I mean? How important is it, man, to have siblings, and in this case, a father, who shared the love of gaming? So it's funny, that was the only game I can remember really playing with my pops. My pops wasn't that big of a gamer, right? But, you know, he bought Second Two. He had fun with it. But, you know, him kind of, like, setting it off, kind of, like, starting it off, uh, it trickled down to my two other brothers. Um, 
and my oldest brother was the one he also loved he also liked he liked and loved fighting games i don't think he loved it more than me obviously because i ended up doing this and um but he really liked this so from tekken 2 we move on to Exo versus street fighter oh we're yeah able to get, we're able to get our hands on Exo versus street fighter and man that game that game changed everything that's when i got blisters i remember getting blisters as a kid so i'll tell you i'll tell you a funny story when I joined the FGC scene, if you look up some of my early YouTube matches in the house, I play. I used to play with a thumb. Anytime I play like an Expert versus Street Fighter, like a Marvel S team S game, I used yes. to play with a shirt. I used to play with my shirt over the thumb, <laughs> so I won't get blisters. That comes right, from right. That, that comes from that when I was six years old. I used to get these crazy blisters because I'm trying to make sure I get these supers, man. I'm trying to make sure I'm trying. You know, Royal Flush these guys, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay. when that game came out, man, oh my, oh god. my god. First of all, the epic handshake between Cyclops and Ryu, you know, it's on the still, title it's still screen. It's iconic to this day, I think. <laughs> it's mad historic, right? It's like oh, the most awesome historic. thing ever. You know, they shake hands and then, like, you know, the graphics in the ground and the background just blow up. Yeah, man. That's, oh, man. I played, I played Charlie and Gambit. That was always my favorite team in that game. Charlie Dude, I, like, who the heck did I play? I mean, I, I played anybody in that game, and I spent so much money on the, on those versus games, especially <laughs> that one. Cause, I mean, when it came out, it's like, wait, what? I mean, I know Marvel Super Heroes came out, which, by the way, that game recently turned, what was it? I think I saw, like, 30, uh, 25 years old that game turned, the first Marvel older. Super Heroes. Nice. And then, nice. You have, and then you have the X-Men and, um, you know, just Street Fighter. Street and Fighter the way it was 25. animated. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Oh you know what it was? It was the way it was animated. It seemed like the cartoon came to life. You know what I'm saying? I think about it. That's the first game that really was able to, you know, incorporate Gambit. Yes. You know, Gambit, that's, that's Gambits, that's Rogues, and I forgot who else's debut. But uh, as I believe Gambit, uh, Storm. That was Storm's debut, really. I I, I think it I was. think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. Cause I don't think she yeah. was in the superheroes. No, no. Cause I know Psylocke was in Marvel superheroes, and, and I know Magneto was as well. I mean, it was a small roster, but not many X Men characters, if I remember correctly. But regardless, man, awesome game, awesome, 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 game. awesome game. I'm loving, man. Yeah, Anytime man, but, uh, yeah, continue on with, uh, you know, those those siblings and father, you know, how important it is, man. Yeah, so, like, it starts with that. I went from Tekken 2 to Exo vs. Street Fighter. And then after Exo vs. Street Fighter, I'm like, yeah, all right, every fighting, every video game I'm going to buy is going to be a fighting game. So my brothers hated that. <laughs> <laughs> they hated that. You know, they could hold that, but they hated that. Because, um, man, there was times we, we could have chose GTA over, over a fighting game. But since it was my choice, I'd be like, nah, give me Marvel's Capcom 2. What happened, man? You got the better uh, grades in school, so you got to choose? Oh, no, I was just the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> El chiquito. El chiquito, man. We talk about grades, man. Trust me, I wasn't there. In that department, they had it. They were, my brothers were smarter. My Yo, that's mad good. funny, man. <laughs> I was just the youngest, man. And then um, the fighting game tradition just kept on going, man. I was always involved in fighting games, so... I think when I had the PS1, I got to play extra Street Fighter. I got to, I had Street Fighter Alpha three, I think for the PS1. I remember I had some like Street Fighter Limited Edition that it came with two discs. One right. that came with it with an unreleased version of Street Fighter two, which was really good. I always forget that game, but I think they added to the 30 year anniversary for the Switch. Right, right. I had that and I had Street Fighter Alpha three, so that game, those are my earliest memories. Those are like my earliest. Fighting games that I remember I had for the PS1. And then we move on to the PS2. And, of course, Tekken follows me. 
You know, that's the first <laughs> game. My for my tenth birthday, my pops got me um um the PS2, and he bought me three games. I think he bought me NBA. No, not NBA. Street Ball. You remember Street Ball? Uh, you mean NBA? Uh, wait, Street nah, Ball. Nah, you mean nah, NBA nah. Street? Nah, Street Ball, man. That's when when you could get little Romeo and stuff with those dudes. Nah, that I, was I don't Master mean... P all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. All I the only NBA game I ever remember arcade, obviously NBA Jam, NBA Showtime, Street, yeah, and during NBA the PS2 Street. era, it's like me and my brother. All we would do is just play NBA Street, like Volume Two, which was like the best basketball game ever, in my opinion. Oh my god, yeah. Shouts to Pete Rock, man. That's right. Dude, in that game, whenever that song and, like, oh, what, what the heck was the guy's name? There was, you, you know, first of all, those games had, like, awesome soundtracks, you know? Definitely, definitely. And the, uh, the one song that, for for whatever reason, always fired me up is just that Benzino song, you know, Rock the Party. I think that was, yeah. like, his only good song. <laughs> <laughs> there was something about, I don't know, I feel like they picked the perfect song for that game. You know, Renaissance was, like, the perfect song. It goes back to soundtracks, right? Sometimes the soundtrack makes the game. Yeah. Not all the way, but, like, literally a soundtrack is what keeps you there. Cause Dude, you I know, wanna... a lot of the guys, especially uh, Afrodynamic, man, if you talk to him... Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of his gaming history is literally based on soundtracks. You know, that guy, you know, he's one of my closest friends. He's got an iPod and I think, what, like 10,000 songs, I think it was, or whatever Jesus. it is. And like 90% of them are video game soundtracks because video game soundtracks where the people, you know, some people, I mean, obviously outside the gaming community, it's like, what? But man, soundtracks are awesome, you know. Soundtracks like, are awesome. Definitely. You know, they, they, they don't make them like they used to anymore. There's some really good tracks, man, but during that time, you know, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, you, you know what I'm talking about. Nah, um, we could go Checker 2 and Checker 3 got some of the best. I think Emotionless Passion, this might be debated by you since you are a Friday game, probably historian. I think Emotionless Passion, because we have seen in, like, Checker 2 is, is the greatest, like, soundstage, stage fight song. In, in the history of fighting games, is I, I don't know, man. Like, there's there's so much for me to choose. That's an awesome song. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I've always liked the Temple song in Tekken Tag, the first one, like right before you fight Unknown, the yeah, arcade yeah, yeah. version, not the PS2 version. Oh, so uh, you're referring to Ogres, Ogres, yeah, theme. Ogres, yes. Tag and I also loved as much as uh, you know, some people like Guy and everything. By the way. I got yeah, oh, yes. passion just slightly over that one, but that's my second. I think that's the second greatest fighting game stage song of all time. And uh, me, I mean, what the heck is my favorite fighting game stage song? I mean, I always loved M. Bison stage in the original Street Fighter. Oh my god, that was. And that then was, you know, KOF, KOF in general is full of a lot of great soundtracks. So you know, with me, man, I would actually have to sit down and put a list together to see what it is but yeah man fighting game soundtracks are freaking awesome they're awesome they're awesome so i got Tekken 2 Tekken 3 and now we move on to Tekken Tag Tournament 1 it's my first ever video game for the ps2 and um oddly enough when i got the ps2 my pops spoiled me here and there that day he spoiled me he got me a ps2 i think he got me street ball Tekken Tag Tournament 1 and it was for the low because i had the red tape you know the greatest hits yeah so yeah like, yeah so, like, I think Tech Attack was already out in 2000. I got that in 2002. So, he got that for the low. You know, he threw that in there. And then he, he caught me Bloody Roar 3. What you know about Bloody Roar? Dude, Bloody Roar 4 is one of my favorite games. 4? Yeah. I like 3, don't get me wrong, but there's something about 4 that I just love so much more. 
you yeah. know, but yeah, dude, Bloody Roar, man, another one of those great lost games that people forget because you know the uh, oh, it's fighting fun, games it's in general so were fun. like in some kind of dark age before Street Fighter Four shunned the light on it. But yeah, yeah, man, a lot of great games were released during that time. I'm sure you know about Project Justice. I know. I feel like I've heard it, but never came across it. Well, Rival Schools. Rival Schools, yeah, 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 with Batsu and all those guys, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Let me ask you this, I never man. Got to you play know, it, you're though. telling me. You're telling me all these great stories and everything like that. And you said it yourself earlier, you know, you've taken it a little a more step than your father and your siblings. So when did that, when did the love of fighting games or gaming in general started waning for them? Like, you know, when did they just start? It's like, you know what, we're not, you know, we can't concentrate so much more on this anymore. And like, did you just go off on your own? You played games at home or, you know, did you start venturing out to see, you know, like, hey, Maybe let me make some friends and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play offline. Or did you find the FGC right away? Take us through that. Oh, no, Ralph. Um, if I had that, I found the FGC recently. I'm kind of pretty, oh, okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty young in the FGC. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you could say, I started in 2018, like around this time, around November. And um, that's when I got into it. But it's my story is kind of funny, man, because for as much as I love fighting games, I think I had a drought with video games overall, though. Like, yeah. I definitely stopped playing video games during my early 20s, you know, because eventually you get old, you go to college, you party right. here and there, you know. Video games kind of get stuck in the background, man. I almost I almost didn't get the PS4. Like, that's how much, that's how disinterested I was. Like, I ended up getting the PS3. And then, it's funny, um, you say Street Fighter 4 kind of brought, like, them to see back to life. I definitely stopped playing fighting games. I want to say, what, like, 2006, 2007? Yeah definitely because um um that's when i started venturing into kingdom hearts and then 2007 to 2010 i was a guitar hero playing man (laughs) (laughs) you could not get me to play a fighting game because man i was mashing buttons somewhere somewhere else it was a guitar hero just took over my world man it was insane i know i know some people hate it but come on man you can't deny that was like such a phenomenon those games, you know, it's oh like pe- people Rhythm were games legit. Too. You, you, you don't yeah. know what it's called. You just call it guitar. You just call it guitar hero, but yeah, Rhythm band games, hero man. and everything like that, man. But mm-hmm. yeah, those games were a phenomenon. I mean, for the love of God, people legit took up real music classes and instruments based off of playing guitar hero. And, and it made you more, It made me feel like, yo, bro, I think I could be nasty in the guitar. You see me? You see me play Freebird, man? I could probably do this in real life. And it was cool. Um, oddly enough. I think another reason why I couldn't, like, my video game love started dying was because um, I did do high school in Dominican Republic. Oh, you did? Yeah. So, like, I, I moved to I moved to DR in 07. And then, I, you know, I graduated in 2010, and I did my whole high school years there. Besides my first year. Freshman year, I was here. Good old Columbus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, time out, time out. You know, just a little diversion. De adonde tu eres? De Santo Domingo. Sí, pero ¿qué parte? Yo soy San Fran- de San Francisco de Macorís. ¿You? No, de, cap- de Capital, la ciudad. Oh, okay, man. All right. You know what? Dominicans, right? We're Dominicans. <laughs> <laughs> that play fighting games. Dominicans that play fighting games. Why'd you move out there, if you don't mind me asking? Why'd you do high school over there? That's kind yeah. of like, you know, I'm, I, I never really heard of anybody actually going over there. You know, maybe your parents moved or something. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, that is. No, no, no. We just, um, so, um... My mom and dad just, you know, wanted, just felt like going back, man. They just, you know, sometimes the New York life is so hard. Ain't so that the truth. So they said, screw you know what? 
our two other kids, you know, my two other brothers, they were already like well off. They were into college. I think one was in, one was in an internship to get a job. You know, they're well off today, so it ended up working out. And one was working for the board of ed already. Like they were in 2019, already looking successful. So my pops was like, you know what? We're gonna leave you out of crib. We're gonna leave you out of grow. I'll take these two kids with with us. And yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Different lifestyle over there, man. I mean, especially when it comes to video games. Although in La Capital, it might be a little bit easier to come, you know, come about them. But uh, you know, let, let's let's fast forward a little bit from there. You, I mean, you you come back to the states, obviously, yeah. and um, you know, in a weird way, it, it was the same with me going back just a little bit here, yeah. because I mean, one of the biggest things I was when growing up was wrestling. And it's just, uh, it, there was, something happened where it's just like for a while there, six, seven years, I just stopped paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's yeah, happening right does. now with me with wrestling because I thought I was going to be wrestling fan forever. Yeah, but I, I don't waste my time no more, dude. <laughs> I, I, I try to pay attention, but I, I just can't. You know what I'm saying? AEW is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just a little bit. And I'm not one of those Attitude Era snobs. I'm not. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. But what 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 reignites your love for uh, video games? You know, or fighting games in general. All right. So um, so I'll come back from the uh, I still play Guitario here and there, but Guitario dies in 2011, right? I think I, because I even get six and I get a new guitar and everything. But um, by the way, did you ever that. did you ever have any aspirations for trying out for the Guitar Hero national tournaments that they were having all over the places? That's the thing. So here's the thing about um, <laughs> when you're not edu- when you're not educated with the video game stuff, you don't know that 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 type of community exists. Yeah, no, that's true. The only you, the only reason we knew about it is because you know some random news network actually covered it. You know. Well, like, at least uh, just a little bit, because you think to yourself, oh, this is awesome, but you don't know the bigger scope of this stuff, right? No, of course not. So, like, even when we were fighting games, I thought, all right, you buy a fighting game, you bring it home, you just play with your friends and your brothers. I feel like that's the extent of a video game. You don't, you're never aware that, oh, there's competitions, oh, there's a regional, oh, there's a major, there's a local. You know, you're not educated, you're not known. You don't know that stuff of that nature exists, right? Right. So, like, for 2011, I think the last Friday game I actually cop, like, I end up buying, is Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Vanilla and Ultimate. But, you right. know, but then it scared me. So, when I bought Ultimate, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to fiend on this. They just put Virgil. <laughs> they put more new characters. I think three, day, three weeks in, I, I said, I packed it up. I didn't play that game again. Why not? I don't know. I don't know what it was. I didn't play it online. Because the thing is, oh, so here's another thing, right? I was by my, I, at this time I was on my own, so my brothers had their own life, and I was living my own life, and um, right, that's not there no more. I think that 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 plays a, that plays a factor. That's not there no more. The companionship up, of your siblings, you know, hey bro, let's yeah. pick up a controller, let's just you know, let's just uh, have let's some play. fun. And then I, I felt like the arc. So it's funny if you grew up on early fighting game history or just early fighting games. RK mode is fun as shit. RK mode it's... is mad fun. At least for me. And sometimes when you want to test yourself, hey, let me play on hard. Let me see if I could do it. So, like, right. I used to enjoy doing RK mode on any game. Like, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, doesn't even matter. Like, I enjoy doing RK mode. But then I was like, this doesn't feel fun. Right? So, I 
that gets packed up. And I lied. My last fighting game was Street Fighter versus I'm Tekken. You know, before you go on a sec, you know, I will say one thing. It, like, like you said, it eventually gets to you, arcade mode, where it's like, okay, this is boring. But I think that's a lot of, a lot of people nowadays, they're missing out on the fun of just picking up the controller and just going into arcade mode, you know, just sitting oh, back, relaxing, yeah. knowing it's like, because all everybody wants to do now is like, oh, man, let me get into practice mode real quick. Let me get an online mode real quick, you know, because I got to learn the meta and everything. Some people yeah. forget, man, you know, you, you could you could still have fun, you know, single the player mode. The beauty of arcade, man, the beauty of arcade mode was, that was key for me. Well, growing up, I, I, playing fighting games, that was key for me. So that's what I think, I think right now arcade modes suck. They're not... They're not fun to play or to, like, dwell on. Well, yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, if anything, um, starting with Mortal Kombat, I think it was um, 10, and uh, Injustice, Injustice 2 especially, you know, yeah. they had these robust single-player um, modes, you know, yeah. storylines and everything, where you really don't need the arcade anymore. You have, like, this entire, yeah. uh, what, what's it called, like, sandbox yeah. Of like where you could spend so much time, but yeah, you're absolutely right, man. The the you know the magic of arcade mode is all pretty much gone these days. It's gone. It's not. It's not the same. So like, I feel like the last arcade mode that was really good was Street Fighter X Tekken. Actually, I think that was like the last good arcade because yeah, right. it was fun. If your point character was was a Tekken character, you get to fight Ogre. If it was a Street Fighter character, you get to fight Akuma. Right. And like that. That was god like, and then you had to deal with the Pandora versions. Of Jinichiyashu, and if it was the uh, vice versa, it was Bison and Yuri. Like that was cool. Though. Those, the, that was that's what made arcade mode was fun that way, right? Right. But then, like, so like arcade, so the ability to play by yourself wasn't there anymore for me. I feel. So I think I dropped video game entirely. Like you said, you packed it up. I packed it up, man. And you um, know, you moved down with life, and you know, I'm assuming you know video games wouldn't like be part of your life again for quite you know for a few years right for, for damn thinking about it now like i think yeah because i ain't played nothing in 2013 i'm trying to think like that's that's like my last memory of playing video games as street fire x tekken like, that's my last time but then i had a lot i had a lot to do with life you know i used to work and go to school i used to work and go to college well yeah man that that's the thing you know some people they want to do this stuff full time but, yeah. you know, what a lot of people are learning is like, yeah, you can't dedicate your time full, you know, full. It's so saturated. At least that's what I think. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, life gets in the way. You got to go to school. You got to you got to work because as much as we want video games to pay the bills, only like a select few people are able to do that. You know, especially, yeah. you know, in this scene, we're not talking about Fortnite levels of money. You know nah. what I'm saying? I mean, I could put it to you like this. There's, there's an actual 99% There's a 1% in the fighting game community. You know? Um, one of the things I told my mom when I was in the yard, because she knows I do all this commentary stuff, and I've been hired by Bandai and stuff of that nature. And she's very happy to hear that I have that type of exposure. And she expects me to reach kind of like this mountain top. Of course, it's doable. I'm not discouraging anybody from trying. You could be within that 1% and make all the money in the world through video games. You know? You could do that. But I told it's my just mom, a long hill to climb. It's a long hill to climb. I told my mom, um, especially now, being two years dealing with clout, right? Two to yeah. three years dealing with clout and shit. I told my mom, um, I told her straight up like this, yo, sometimes clout and fame doesn't bring money. No. It, it's just simply that. It's just clout and fame. 
<laughs> the money no, you aspect. Know, dude, it's, it's good that you have a clear mind about things. You know, some well, people course. go in just completely blind. You know, it's like, man, I can make a living doing video games and everything like that. But it's just like, come on, man. You got to come back into into the real world. You can make you know a what I'm living, saying? but you're not going to be rich. No, no, no. no could, it, could it replace your 9 to 4? I mean, like, maybe. 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 But, you know, that's a lot of work. Content creation, you wow, know, wow. keeping up uh, social media. A lot of people always forget, man, that that stuff is like, you know, that's an actual job. It, it doesn't come easy. Yeah. You have to put in the work. So, like, I could give Beaumont 63 is the main example, man. That dude, I think he's insane with the work ethic. I think he's insane with the way, I mean, especially during the pandemic, he went hard, man. He went hard. Cause he will do two or three different tournaments a week. Right. Which are, we're talking Strive, DBFC, PS4, and DBFC Online. And mind you, he's getting the numbers. Right, you know, right, he's, right. He's getting the numbers on top of that, so it's not easy work. You know, there's there's a difference between like dealing with 24 people and then you're dealing with the 60 different people. Yeah, and that's the truth. Oh yeah. And he's doing that weekly, right? So he his Twitch is shooting. He's making sure he gets his donations, and um, his subscriptions and all that good stuff, and. By the end of all that, he still got to go sit back down on that chair, set up YouTube, upload those matches that you just recorded that night onto YouTube. And let me tell you, I still haven't posted them on the gate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually tried looking for it. I'm like, huh, what the heck I happened? Got, I got I got the first round, and that's it, and the and the seeding. But, like, it is fucking hard. I even – this term is over a year ago at this point. I still, I still find it difficult to do that because the thing is I'm not a guy that likes to sit on a chair all day. Nah, nah, right. it's a different work, mentality. It's a different mentality, man. It's a different beast. And, like, Bump tackles it extremely hard. I just You can't help but admire it from afar. He works insane. And then there's other guys that are like that, too. Like, the Kill Sage doesn't look, right, because the Kill Sage is so, like, low-key with it. Shout out right. to Sage. That boy's content creation game is godlike. It is very, very strong. He streams a lot more often than you think. It's just he's just a quiet person. Yeah, it's, yeah. So he's heavy when during the pandemic, that's where everyone started start getting on their content creation grind. And honestly, I think that was, if you think about it on a personal level, that was like the most successful time for an FGC guy to really break his name and get his name out there. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Offline tournaments are no, no. You know, it's no, um, you have to do something because we're all relegated to online. And let's be honest, the majority of these games have bad online. Yeah. As that's been proven. So you're absolutely right. It's like, well, if I'm actually going to try to put a dent in this, if I'm actually going to try to make something of it, you know, this is uh, like like I tell people, I tell people all the time, man, it's like, you guys got to look at it this way. This this thing was a complete hard reset on a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, like you said, if you're going to make something of yourself, I mean, you have the opportunity right here because offline events are gone and everybody's moving online. This is your chance to build up an audience. Let me tell you, man, a lot of people, I can tell you even, I, let me just tell you my experience. Um, So um, during the pandemic, I actually caught COVID last year during the start of it, but luckily um, it's gave me some fevers and chills. So yeah. I'm one of those fortunate people, right? Like I... I May not may God not strike me now. It didn't kill me, alive. Yeah. I can breathe. I can smell still. I can taste. Trust me, I good, can taste. Good. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. <laughs> so, um, I remember. So, like, the pandemic starts in March. I remember as soon as the pandemic started, I hit up Cali. Like, yo, bro, we we're, we're inside. So, the, a lot of people don't know this or just finally forgot. 
So I don't know if you were aware of Callie Mac. Me and Callie Mac, I think, was the first. We were, we were the first people to do an online tournament during the pandemic. Oh, really? I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. So we, we kind of st- I would like to believe, unless there's someone else, I don't want to, like, you know, downplay anything, but we started a trend. And we started at the highest level because when we used to do, so they used to be called um, King Freaky. That was the name of the tournaments, right? King Freaky. So when I started doing that, we only invited specific, like, East Coast players that were really good. So, like, it started with us, and then we did it for, like, three, four weeks. But after we did it, everyone started doing online tournaments. Literally everyone. And Bump kind of, I want to believe, I think Bump paid attention to the way we did it. He was like, okay, I think I should do it too. So, like, a lot of people forget that. We were kind of like the trendsenders. We were the first ones to actually do online tournaments and right. make it cool because we used to, it used to be invite only. So, we would invite players from Boston, players from Florida, players from Connecticut. But we realized the online is shit. <laughs> but screw it. We did it, though. <laughs> now, listen, man. You got to try, right? Yeah, I mean, we tried. You have to put in effort, even though the, the um, online sucks. I mean... People complain about the online today, and it's rightfully so. You you know, like, you shouldn't have this crappy online with the kind of technology that's out there and all the software. But then I also tell people, remember, man, like, we were playing online like Dead or Alive 4, you know, uh, SNK versus Capcom Chaos. And back then, it, it wasn't as if we were all playing on GGPO, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I mean? So, but we did it, and um, I think Nitro was actually the, the inaugural winner, too. Thanks for what that tournament too, man. That's where it all started. So let yeah, me ask so, you this, man. Um, wh- what brought you back into the uh, into fighting games? And uh, was this around the time where you decided to uh, venture out and found and you know and find the FGC, or was that still forthcoming? So uh, I stopped playing video games 2012, 2013. Sometimes I'll connect the PS3 to play some guitar Hero if I'm, I was really bored in the house, right? Right. But um. Um, 2016, shouts to my cousin Manny. Just to give him a shout out. Um, oddly enough, what brought me back into gaming was NBA 2K. <laughs> <laughs> that marketing so, got you, didn't it? No, because um, growing up, I, I was always I'm, I'm naturally good at sports games. I think I don't think it requires that much of a brain to play it. Not to yeah. shit on any, not to shit on anybody. I think it's still hard to beat your local hood dude. You know, you feel me? Because he's godlike. <laughs> Yo, that's right. <laughs> it's always hard to be him, but, like, I was always naturally good at it. I was good at Madden. I was very good at Madden. I was pretty good on the show. And I've always been good in the NBA games. NBA All-Star. Were you, were you good at NFL Blitz? Yeah. I had Blitz for the 64. Same remember here. The, remember the Headless Horseman cartoon? Yes. That was, the co- that, was the, that was the password for to get that Headless Horseman, right? Yeah. Carlson? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty good at NBA. That's right, yeah. And then um, I was good uh, um, with NBA Showtime. Like, I've always been good at sports games. Like, it's like, it's like a natural thing for me, right? Dude, so, NBA Showtime, that was the one with uh, a character called Retro Rob, right? Yeah, I think if you <laughs> typed in wizard, you actually get a wizard as a yes. character. character. He was godlike, though. He, yes, he was, was my favorite. You know, Merlin in, uh, in uh, you know, basketball shorts dunking it on people. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> the Wizard was Dad's my favorite character in NBA Showtime. He was godlike. 
For whatever reason, that wizard was everybody's favorite character. I have no idea why. Kind of like how, I don't know if you remember Goldeneye for the N64. Everybody Mm -hmm. just wanted to play as Boris for whatever reason, you know? Like, you you talk to people and you come to find out, it's like, oh man, it's cool. I'm not the only one who's fiending to try, you know, to want to play this character. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Perfect Dark was better, though. Of course. I mean, you know, if if you better have that expansion pack, though. Well, that's true. We was too poor for that. I know. I, it took it took me like three weeks to realize. Yeah, wait a minute. Hold on. You need the expansion pack to like you know, unlock the whole game. Cause my friend Antonio would come over and all we would want to do is play the multiplayer. And then one one week he just never came because he he got stuck at at work or something. And it's like, yo, yeah. you know what? I, I, I like I never actually even touched a single player. And then <laughs> I realized it's like, yo, wait a minute. What's going on here? This game didn't ship with no single player, and then that's when we decided to read the manual. Yeah, you need the expansion pack. Oh my goodness. That, that was the red thing you used to play on the 64, right? Dude, yeah, man, come on, man. It, 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 that system yeah, was yeah, the yeah. perfect multiplayer system. Nobody cared about the single player then. It, it's so funny, though, because like, the red pack, that red thing, will only come with Donkey Kong 64, if I'm not mistaken, yes. right? <laughs> yes. So if you own Donkey Kong 64, you had the expansion pack. That was godlike. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that expansion pack and it, it's it, it's unbelievable how much it opened up that game. You know when you, yeah. and you're absolutely right. You, you know you you're playing Golden Nine. That's like the greatest game ever made. And then you see this game come out and it's Perfect like Dark three times big. Oh my god, that I game has that an awesome crazy. soundtrack. Oh yes, that's definitely definitely. I got I definitely want to revisit it. Remember Torak? Torak is like one of those '64 games I can never forget. Dude, Rage Wars, baby. <laughs> Rage, Wars. Rage Wars was like the ultimate like twist shooter, man. I freaking love that game. And then of course I can never forget, you know, you're playing Turok for the first time and then the raptor just comes up on your back and starts biting you. <laughs> yo, man, man. yo, yo, what was cool. the better what was the better game? Dino Crisis or Turok? It's funny, I never got to play Dino Crisis, so I'm all, I'm gonna say Turok regardless. But Turok was godlike. I just remember it being so yes, quiet. Was, it makes you want to makes you want to stream that run to see if I could do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be tuning in, man. It's basically a Rambo game with freaking dinosaurs. It's freaking yeah, awesome. Literally, literally, it's awesome. That was one of the good ones. Oh man, but, yeah, man. But, bringing back the memories, baby. Oh man, I'm a, I'm a historian, man. I don't know if you heard of that. <laughs> I I am big. The other day I was down. I I just I was able to get access to like a Super Nintendo emulator, man. I, mind you, Super Nintendo has a lot of hidden gems. Yes. That when you're looking for games, you're like, "What the hell? This exists." There's a Yoshi Safari, but apparently that was a shooter game. Yes. <laughs> Dude, you know what my all-time favorite like little hidden gem is? Is for the N64. I don't know if it's much of a hidden gem anymore. I think people recently found it because of those awesome game done quickly events. Yeah. Mischief Makers on the N64 mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite platforming games. You know, it's a little goofy animated you know, like, anime-style platforming game, but, man, it's so much fun. Mm. Like, literally, like, if you ever get a chance to play... I don't think the game's ever seen the the dawn of light in any other system. I'm pretty it's sure it's only on the what N64. What you describe it, is it open adventure? Yeah, it's like an open adventure game. Like, you're playing as this robot maid, and you just go around this, like, really cool, colorful world. And you see yeah. this on, you know, N64. Because, you know, N64 is obviously full of, like, Zelda, Mario, all the other great games that it had. 
And that little game right there, man, I could play that game for hours and never get bored. Oh, man. So, like, I might have to try to see that out. Because I've been trying, like, because I'm big on retros, man. I'm trying to get back on, like, my retro flow. Dude, I never knew Super Nintendo had a Yogi Bear game. Yes, it's <laughs> godlike, too, by the way. Yeah. It is godlike. Dude, I like, think I've played every Looney Tunes themed game because I'm a big Looney Tunes fan. And the Bugs Bunny it, game was pretty good, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I beat all those games. <laughs> Sometimes I talk to James, uh, James MK, and you know he worked in the gaming industry. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you actually sat down and played and beat those games. I'm like, yeah, was I not supposed to? It's like, he just shakes his head. It's like, yeah, we made those games purposely so that way you could, like, you know, drive yourself nuts and never beat them. Like, you know that game Maximum <laughs> Carnage? Oh, my God. Oh, with the Sp- you know, that's one of the games I downloaded, yeah. yeah that game is I- mad hard. Yeah, I actually beat that game on a couple of occasions, and that's the one game I think he really wanted to smack me because it's like you're not supposed to play that game to beat it because that game makes absolutely no sense. You know, oh, we purposely made sense. it just to be hard. It's like what what the heck? And it's an awful game, by the way. I'm not you saying it's, it's a great it's, game. It's it's so iconic because the tape was red. The tape was definitely red, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, the cartridge was red. The, the, exactly the tape. That's what we called it. The tape. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what was awesome about it? And let's be honest, the reason we played it is because like all these Marvel characters in it was freaking awesome. Yeah, they had Captain America. They had mad characters in that game. Yeah, I never beat right. it, but like I just like got reintroduced to it like Sunday. Because remember, I was just looking for games. That yeah, was yeah. the first game I downloaded. I was like, screw it. Yeah, we're getting Carnage. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. This person was in this game, Captain America. A whole bunch of weird people. You know what's a, a great... That's one of my favorite like favorite video games of all time. X-Men New Apocalypse that no one talks about. Dude, was that was the one um, where you got? In you got play different... as Beast. Yeah. Psylocke. Oh my God! What a, Dude, what a good I played that game, and I ain't gonna lie, I never beat it. That game was mad hard. That game was mad hard. Cause but yo, playing as one... Gambit though was awesome though. It was so no playing as Beast because Beast stage was cool, and yeah. that soundtrack was godlike too. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That that was a good game. Definitely was a very underrated game. Now that yeah. you think about it, and you're absolutely right, man. Not many people talk about it. But yeah, Ooh, very, very fun game. My favorite comic book um, video game during that era was the um, the Spider-Man animated uh, animated series game on the Super Nintendo. I think it was on the Genesis as well. Yeah. But that that, that one, um, you fought a lot of Spider-Man characters. It was freaking awesome, man. And also, like, you got help from the Fantastic Four. Like, they would give oh. him, like, this suit. Like, it was a black and white suit, and it was pretty awesome. But that that game was a lot of fun. Venom Before was the last. Before copyright infringements, stop playing <laughs> Say again? Before copyright infringements. <laughs> nah, man, Screw I don't think Sony. we're at that level yet. <laughs> That's kind of godlike. To hear that it was a Fantastic Four. There was Fantastic Four in the Spider-Man game for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, they, they were, like, assist characters. That's amazing. That's amazing. But, yeah, like, X-Men versus X-Men Mew and Apocalypse was, like, one of my favorite games that i even remember playing it as a kid that game is so good yeah it was but, man. A lot, but a lot everyone goes games. back everyone goes back to the, the beat em up before that i'm like no you gotta play gambit you gotta play side like gotta play beast <laughs> the side club stage was always hard man i hated that stage well all you had to do is just blast him in the face with you know his optic blast but then i remember in those in those games you know using the special moves of like with every beat em up it costs yeah. you life points and it's like come on man I just want to blow up everybody with optic blasts, you know? 
I'm probably I'm probably gonna stream that tomorrow if I'm if I'm not feeling too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can finally be because I never really beat the game. Oh man, yeah, that's so much fun, you know. But going oh, back to God. going back to, jeez, it's like I don't even want to go back to the topic now. Nah, that's that. it means it's a good interview. It sounds like you're entertained, so I'm happy to hear that. Oh my dude, that that's all what we're here for, right? Making people happy, you know, getting definitely, the definitely. getting the listens. But uh, going back to the thing, you um, you were saying, um, what was it that uh, reignited your love for uh, fighting games again? So yeah, it definitely starts with 2K because um, my, me and my cousin we we would hang out very often. Sometimes I'll sleep over. And again, this is 2016. Definitely 16. I'm still on the 3. I use the PSG for YouTube. That's my TV now. Right. I, I use it for, 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 um, just to watch YouTube, Netflix, stuff of that nature, right? He will start bringing the, the PS4 to the crib and, and, um, he will always have 2K. So playing 2K got me into the mix of things. And then the PS4 is his godlike for home streaming services. You know, he will have Netflix, he will have, we'll somehow get a Hulu account, and then you was able to watch, you know, since the browser was so good on the PS4, you was able to go into those movie websites and watch some recently released movies. I'm not going to name them, but that was, that was, that was a, that was a cool time. So, like, seeing how cool the PS4 was, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to cop it. Definitely. So, I was just had to wait till 2017 to, I was going to weigh it out because, um, I was so I was in college, you know. If you went to college as a poor as a poor kid, <laughs> you get financial <laughs> aid. You get that little two thousand dollars per semester. So I said, bet. It's March twenty seventeen. As soon as those two thousand dollars hit my bank account, I'm getting a PS4. Cause I just like the PS4 for the home streaming services and stuff of that nature. But then I noticed that same year, um, Tekken Seven was gonna come back out. And Injustice 2. So I was like, alright, so there's going to be some fighting games coming out. Because any other, any other like, video game, I wasn't really interested in. Even though the, the very popular ones, like Destiny and stuff of that nature, I wasn't interested in. So I was like, okay, Tekken 7 and Injustice 2 is going to come out this year. And then Marvel comes out that November. Alright, it's the perfect time to buy the PS4. So I bought the PS4 and then um, I got into Tekken. And yeah, that's how I make my transition back into fighting games. It starts with Tekken 7. Well, you were playing the game, obviously, single player. Um, obviously, there's online at this point. I'm, I'm assuming you went yep. online, you got swept, you got destroyed. Oh, no, or, you I was know, I'm pretty sure you held your own, right? No, I was gangster in Tekken. I'll tell you, that muscle memory didn't go away. My Lee Sholong was still good 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> that boy still, as long as I could do down, down four, bat, 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 I was good. <laughs> Did you, uh, you said it was 2018, so what, Seven, what made, oh yeah, 2018 I got into it, yeah. Well, yeah, well, you, when you got into it, so, uh, but, you know, 2017, I guess you won, you got your, um, you know, the, the console, and like you said, you played a little bit online, but what made you finally decide, let me, uh, let me go offline, let me go, uh, find the community, did you happen to see a post somewhere, did you stumble upon a website, uh, you know, like, what was it that got you to basically say, you know what, I'm done playing single player, my siblings aren't here to play with me, I need to go find a new group to hang out with, and, you know, um, just keep playing um, the fighting games that I love. So, it's funny enough, I, I don't know if this is a bad thing to admit, but I don't think it is, because I think it's just godlike. So, that same year, like, I got the PS4, for some reason, I will watch Maximilian videos. Mm-hmm. 
and Maximilian was like kind of like my first content creator that you know I ran into. Right. And um, his content has got like this. There's <laughs> no other way. You ever Dep- seen the depending vid- on who you talk to? Depending on who you, t- I think it's God. Like so, like the thing is, he started doing the the, the content creation. Um, I remember once there was this video. You ever seen the video where he's he has to get these specific amount of points to in order to fight Shin Akuma and Shin Rugo and Kaka versus SAK two? Yeah, I think I, I mean that's an old video, obviously by today's standards. You know, like yeah, anything old. that happened two months ago is like old. But uh, yeah, I think I do. I, I think I do remember that video. Yeah. For some reason, I just came across that video. I was like, let me, let me press click. Sometimes you're just that bored on YouTube. You click on something foreign and see what happens. I see this guy with glasses, long hair, and a dog. And, you know, I need a hero comes on in the background. I'm like, yo, this video is godlike. <laughs> what the hell? This guy is amazing. So I start watching more and more of his yo, clips. I need a hero. <laughs> I need a hero. I'm like, yo, hold up. I am so. This guy is amazing. That, 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 right? So. <laughs> I was in tune with Maximilian, right? I was in tune with Maximilian. So, time goes on. Justice 2 comes out, not feeling it. Like, I played for two weeks. I still haven't finished the story. Um, so, I stay, I stick with Tekken 7 until Marvel Infinite comes out. Then Marvel Infinite is dying. Like, I think I only like, I only played Marvel Infinite for a week. And I was like, this is a pack. And then I stuck with Tekken 7 again. And then Dragon Ball Fire Z came out. And I'm like, okay. I like this, so that's where that's where it kind of like started. So like we play fighters, and um, as we all know, we're all Dragon Ball Z fans. We love Dragon Ball Z. So yeah, you like, know, as much as people you know crap on the anime all the time. Oh blah blah blah. Then Kai came out and basically quote unquote took a lot of the filler out. Yeah. As much you know, as much as people troll on that series, let's be honest, everybody. That's the series we all grew up on. That's the thing everybody you know. Oh, that, that that's that. the standard for anybody who grew up at that time. And again, I mean, Fighter Z comes out, and for the love of God, Dragon Ball is like a religion in Chile, you know, in Chile. So you could imagine yeah. all around the world. Oh my God! Let me, let me. I'll put it to you like this: Imagine you growing up as a Marvel Marvel's Capcom fighting game fan, right? Imagine you grow up that. And then you're a fan of Dragon Ball, and then they fuse the two. That's what you're initially thinking, right? It's like, holy shit. Dragon Ball and Marvel's Capcom is one, and it's 2D fighter. It's not that bullshit arena fighter that they used to do. Uh, well, after Tech Energy 3, because that was good. But, um, like, the region Bass and so on, I was just like, ah, there's no more of that. It's an actual fighting game. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm into it. So you know, you know what? That's the thing, dude. Like you said, it's an actual fighting game. You know, especially yeah. now with the community, the, how big it is, it's an actual fighting game. It's not that um, you know, the like you said, those uh, 3D arena fighters, that they yeah. were fun, but you know, it's it's not this game. I think it, it reaches limit. I think either that or Dragon Ball guys, either that Bandai guys will stand up, man, because they haven't been fun for years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like something clicked finally, and it's like, let's give them a proper fighting game. And you know what? The game, I played it a little bit. I'm not going to say I'm an expert on it, but it really does capture the essence of the anime very well. Very, very well. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. So, so listen, that's not bad. You jumped on You jumped on when uh, Fighter Z came out. I mean, you, you couldn't pick a better game. You know, yeah. like you said, everybody was playing this game when it came out. Marvel Heads, you know, Tekken Heads. Again, it's Dragon Ball. It's yeah. Dragon Ball C. It, it was hard to miss, you know? 
it, it literally, um, if we now knowing what I'm knowing now, it really brought like so many people together. Like that was one of those games, you know, you know, sometimes it's a fighting game that brings everyone together. I think Dragon Ball was like, I wouldn't say one of the first ones, but it was definitely one of the most recent ones that was able to do that because you had Leffen from Smash. Who at and the time, I, 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 I don't think know I know what history. you mean because, I mean, sorry to cut you off there, man, but yeah. uh, I, I know what you mean. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know, guys like Justin Wong, those guys will always be multi-talented at every fighting game there is. You know, Daigo, yeah. um, you know, PR Balrog's another guy. Uh-huh. And after that class of player... You know, you have people, guys and girls, who only focus on one game. You know, this is yeah. their game. Dragon Ball comes around, and that is something everybody loves. And you're absolutely right. It actually brought the entire community together because, yeah. you know, this is an IP. Whether you love it or hate it, it's got a legit fighting game that's going to be in the fighting game circuit. And you're absolutely right, man. It, it really did bring the community together. Cause like let's just um let's just look at one of the early tournaments that came out, the summit, right? Yes. So if you look at the roster of guys that are there that, that got selected and um and girls, shout out to Yahosi. I don't know what was Yahosi history prior to that, but if you look at Apology Man, he's an evil finalist for Marvel Three. Yes. He came from Marvel, right? You look at Sonic, he's an evil winner for Mortal Kombat and the Justice and games of that nature. Well, he, he's one of he's one of those guys we talked about. That that kid is just talented at everything. He, he's talented at everything, right? But his main distinction is Mortal Kombat. That's what he's known for. NRS. Mm-hmm. And uh, right? Skullgirls as well. And Skullgirls. You got you got Leffen from Smash. Yes. You got Cloud from Marvel, right? And then we go to Japan. We got Goichi from Melty Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Dogoro was probably from that realm too. Fenridis from Blaze Brew and um, Guilty Gear and stuff of that nature, right? Yeah. Kazunoko is a Street Fighter player. He's a cock, he's a Capcom player at the time. Capcom champion 2016, 2017, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right. So, like, and then the biggest thing was seeing Reynolds playing there, and he's from KOF. Yes. Big that's, KOF player. That's, that's Evo champion. That's what he's known for. Yeah. So, seeing all those people come together, it's just, if you pay attention to the summit, it's just seeing how OD. Dragon Ball was able to bring everyone together. There's six different champions and six different video games in that one tournament. From six different communities, essentially. Which is KOF, Blazeball, Guilty Gear, um, Mortal Kombat, Marvel 3, Smash, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's godlike. It really brought, like... Maybe that happens in every new fighting game, correct? But, you know, sometimes you see the repetitions. If you yeah, play but, Guilty but Gear, not like Dragon Ball, dude. Not like Dragon Ball, man. That was that was pretty cool. Like not me knowing what I know now, because when I first saw the summer, I was like, "Wow, these guys are just cool. They're Dragon Ball Z players." Me not knowing what they are, right? Or what their history are, but then you find out, like, "Holy crap! This one was an evil champion, King of Fighters in 2013." Reynolds, <laughs> 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 has slayed the five Smash gods. You know, you that's know, right. Go- yes, he has. Goichi yes. was a Goichi was a god in Multi Blood. Lord Knight comes from Multi Blood. And Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue and another. That's another guy. You know what I mean? So like that. That was just cool, man. You um, let's let's talk about you know your Dragon Ball career. Um, you picked up the game. Uh, you know you took an instant loving to it. Yeah. You know um, what was your first offline interaction with the FGC for Dragon Ball? Did you go to a big tournament? 
Did you uh, just decided, let me, before I take that big step, uh, you know, maybe you found bums a place or, uh, or was it, did, did you meet up, maybe you met up in some group on something online that, you know, with some like-minded people, what did you yeah. do? Oh, so when I went to my first tournament, um, well, when you first really encountered the FGC, like, you know, face to face. Oh, face to face. So, um. Because obviously, you know, hearing about it is different. You know, a lot yeah. of people, they hear about the FGC, and it's very true about uh, about a lot of things, you know, uh, what a lot of people do. They like hearing about it, but they steer clear of it as much as possible. Or maybe they just oh, don't have man. the time, you know. But what about you? Oh, man, that's so funny. Um, so that's that's a very good question. That's a very good, like, analogy, right? So um, I was the guy that wasn't afraid to face it, even though I was whack. I brought nothing to the table at that time, right? So um, the first time I went, I went to NOBC for the first time. So it's me and two of my college friends. Um, one of the guys' name is Hussein, the other one's Wahid. Shouts to them. We, they're the ones that kept me playing Dragon Ball, right? And so we go to NOBC. When I go there, that night, there's all the big stars of New York for Dragon Ball. Literally all of them are there. Like, it's Huck, it's Lord Knight. It's the Kill Sage. It's Nakio at the time. It's Nikomaki when he's on the come up. And um, Nikomaki and Double L. Double L actually won that bracket that day. I remember I went with my two friends. And um, me, I didn't care about winning or losing. I knew I was going to lose. I'm not. I'm not their level. These guys are freaking amazing at this game. I'm not that good. So, like, I knew at that time I was going to lose. So, like, I just I just wanted to see what it was like to see competitors compete in a live aspect. So, um, I got to see it. And, um, yeah, so I didn't speak to none of the pros, though. And entirely, I didn't like my first local experience. I didn't dislike it. Um, the vibe wasn't as fun. I didn't like NLBC when I went to NLBC. Why not? Um, uh, looking back at it, um, you know, at the end of the day, clickish, definitely clickish. I will say this, the, the nice, I got to be, I got to meet Hook. Hook was cool. Um, Nico was God, like me and Aaron, you know, Nico Maki? Uh, no, I don't. Sorry. Um, Nico Maki was one of the up and coming players there. Um, he was cool. We're still cool. That's like one of my bros right now in the FGC. Since I got my cloud up and shit. <laughs> He's one of the good guys there. And um The thing is, um, it was fun watching the tournament, but I didn't really get to meet nobody. And they didn't seem approachable at first. They didn't seem approachable. Which is fine. You shouldn't be you shouldn't come off as approachable to people in everyday life. Of course, of course. One of the things I noticed though, I'm like, cause at the time when you see when you see a, a, a famous fighting game player, right? It happens with me now. Sometimes when people see me, they stay a little bit in shock. Or they're in awe. They're like, holy shit, that's Posey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. Oh, man, you, I can't even tell you how many times that happens. And it makes me feel awkward because it's like, yeah, bro, I'm human. I promise you I'm human. I, I, I'm exactly just like you, right? So for me, the cool thing was that I saw how human they are. Right. Everyone there is human, right? But, you know, they're... Socially, they're not, you know, they're not social people. A lot of them go in there and to do the job. And you know what? You got that's something I had to learn very early on when I joined the FGC. A lot right, of them go right. in there to do a job. They're not there to be your friend. 
They don't want to get to know you. You know, sometimes, some of them sometimes don't want you to be approached them and be like, hey, let me ask you a question. I'm not saying they're not approachable. I think everyone's approachable. But it's just sometimes they're not as friendly as you like them to be. You know, I mean, I'm friendly. I'm not saying bother the shit out of me, but I'm friendly. You say hi to me, we could talk. Because I, I love talking to people. But, like, them, you could read the room. So it didn't it, it didn't come out of me to be like, hey, hey, Nacky, I'm posing. Nice to meet you. Hey, the kill stage. I'm posing. Nice to meet you. You know what I mean? And then everyone there just seemed on video game time. You know what I mean? I wanted to see the human side more, if that makes sense. No, man. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, unfortunately, with this scene, um, it seems like a lot of people... And it's not, I really wouldn't say it, unfortunately, that's just their nature, you know, yeah. to stay in their shell a lot. You know, I mean, do you want to say they're antisocial? I guess some are. And, you know, and it comes off wrong. And, you know, your approach is completely different because I'm sort of the same way. You know, I'm happy-go-lucky. I want to talk to people. And I yeah. can see why it's such a turnoff when you go to these kind of places where you have the same love, in this case, is uh, video games, fighting games. And so many people, would you want to say they're standoffish? No, not really. Um, I mean, maybe some of, their, some of them are. Like you said, it's very cliquish. You know, I'm not going to say I'm the uttermost expert on Next Level. I've only ever been there three times. And yeah. I, felt the, I felt the cliquish, you know, vibe in there. But it, it's, it, it's a different, you know, it, it's just a different mindset. And uh, like you said, it, it's kind of hard to get by that. But when you do... They're very oh, welcoming, like, and yeah. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so the thing is that some of them are very, like, some of the, the guys, right, that sometimes have, like, that social awkwardness, I guess, if you want to call it that. Once you break that barrier, oh, man, there's there's they're the most comfortable people in the world. Yes, they are. But you got to break that barrier with them, right? So that's something I had to learn early on. So that same week, I go to LBC, right? Me and my boys, we agreed. They're my college friends. We agreed, yo. Let's let's be tournament players. Let's be a tournament players. Let's go to LBC and then let's go to the house. So I go to the house. And oh my god, it's a whole different vibe. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Thing. I just love that. Yo, let's go over there and be tournament players. Then let's, let's just let's, go to the house. <laughs> so then we, we go to LBC. It's a real venue, whatever why not. And then we go to the apartment in South Bronx. <laughs> we go in. And we're like, oh, and I'm in love. <laughs> Dude, no, like, you know, we laugh, but isn't that crazy? When I used to go, now, now mind you, it's a completely different thing, but when I yeah. used to go out to VSM for Mortal Kombat 9, nobody nobody there showed that kind of attitude like you would see in some places like, um, you know, Next Level. Because yeah. everybody in Long Island, you know, that Mortal Kombat 9 scene, I mean, we were all very tight-knit. Nobody yeah. went in there with that kind of attitude. It's it's very weird, but you it's it, I, I I guess I would equate it to like when you go to an arcade, like a really rough arcade, and yeah. you're just in there. You know, you're putting your quarter down. You know, you're getting pushed around. You see all these like you know just weirdos and everything like that. No offense to anybody out there. No, no, go <laughs> But but yeah, then you get home and you're just oh man, what a relief. What the heck am I getting myself into? So, it's funny. I was the wackest, by the way, my two other friends were here who were saying they had all the potential in the world. I honestly felt if they would have stuck with it and grinded like I did or just just go to that, go to your local, right? Because yeah. sometimes it's that simple. If you go to your local, you'll get good at the game. 
It's actually a thing. <laughs> it's not. It's not to bring the the player back. No, you. It actually happens. It may take a couple years, but it happens, right? You know, but that that takes a strong, a different kind of mindset, don't you think? Where you want to say, huh? I could, you know, like I like. Uh, I, I know I have the potential. Like you just said, your two friends, you thought they had super potential to be, you know, what, if you if top 16 players? So, I mean, they had the potential to at least be a good player at the house. That yeah. means something. You know what I mean? That means something. But, again, it, it takes a completely different mindset, right? Yeah, man. So, like, man, I just graduated college. It's so funny. I graduated college. I, had no, I was an exterminator at the time. You know, and um, I was a little bit lost. I always, I always tell the story, like, I was a little bit lost. I had no, I kind of lost my social gatherings because I graduated college. That's why I really was, well, like, my friends. And then you notice you're kind of a little alone in this world, man. You don't really got no friends. You don't got a girlfriend. You feel me? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's life, isn't it? That's life, right? And then this sit, this comes on, this sits on your lap. Literally, it falls on your lap. Bow. There's an apartment in 5J. A bunch of guys that like a video game that you do. They just do it a thousand times better than you. But then I went over there, and the social awkwardness wasn't the same. Yo, by the way, hold on. Did, did you say apartment 5J? Oh, yeah, my fault. I wasn't supposed to say that. I, I no, it's apart- okay. I actually wanted to bring it up because when I moved to Yonkers, my first apartment was 5J. Look at that. Seguimos. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're connected more, you know, than we thought. Oh, my God, the house, man. So, like, when I got there, I'm like, all right, cool. And it was actually more common than LOBC. Yeah. Because, like, everyone's just sitting there quietly and calm. I ain't going to lie. When I went to the house, I thought I was about to go to some hood-ass shit. <laughs> I was looking forward to it, though. Like, hell, yeah, we about to go to the hood. None of that nerdy shit. Everyone here is gangster. They might not be good, <laughs> but they gangster. I'm going to feel comfortable. That's what I was saying. Because <laughs> the thing is, if you look back to 2018, you see Bum having those sit-downs. Bum an ugly dude, man, when he's having a sit-down. He got some of the ugliest faces in the world. Don't tell Bum I said that, B. But he got so some Bum, of the don't ug- listen to this. You know what? I'll mute this out. Don't worry. Yo, Bum got some of the ugliest meme mugs while he's playing. He's a scary dude to look at. So I'm like, yo, yo, if he looks like that, I know the whole house looks like that. So I was excited, man. Then I saw yo. everyone's... Just- I just, just thought of the, I just thought of the cabal fatality where he shows his face and, like, the ah, character's soul runs a... away. <laughs> I'm like, I know everyone's going to look like bum, and then everyone, it was calm. And then when I got to sit down and meet some of the players, um, I think VDK, was VDK um, part of KPB? Uh, was he? Uh, to be honest, because I left the team for a while there because I had my kids and yeah. I had, you know, my familia. And congrats, I was congrats, part of KPB during, like, the early days of the Nero Shell casuals. I don't remember if VDK was. Maybe he was after I left yeah. and, you know, before I joined. But I, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. I'm going to have to ask Rodney. Oh, uh, man. So VDK was the was my first friend at the house. And I'm like, crap, that's all I wanted from my OBC. I didn't get that OBC. I didn't get to sit Friendship. down. Nico. I got to meet Nico, right? Yeah. But, you know... That was good enough. That was me. I remember my impressions was, I think Nico Maki's mad cool. And then I got to sit down and talk to Nakio a lot. And Nakio was really cool initially. Didn't care that I was whack. Didn't care that I was this, this, and that. I remember he even asked me for casuals. I was like the first person I ever played in casuals at the house at the time. So I got cool with, cool with Nakio. I got cool with VDK. 
I got cool. I got to meet Alucard, grumpy ass dude at the time, but you know he's cool now. That's one of the bros. And yeah, man, like that. My I got to meet Falsy thing. Falsy thing was at the house. Was the first time Falsy went to the house. I went to the house. So yeah, man, it was just two different vibes, two different um scenery. And for some reason, the way Bum did tournaments attracted me more. It was something that was that felt more to the ground as compared to NBC. NBC felt established. And there was something about wanting to support Bum because it felt something like he was really trying to bring up from the ground up. So that's what attracted me to the house, and that's what made me want to come back when I can, you know, because I had work at the time, you know, and he only hosted it on Thursdays. Should it? And I've never had anybody here. I would love to have Henry Sen, Mm because, you know, Henry Sen, obviously, he's the owner of Next Level, and he had a lot to do with uh, Chinatown Fair. But should it bother him that his venue has that that sort of, like, you know... um, like you need that that sort of uh you know character to it because you're not the only person who's ever come on this show or who uh, I've talked damn. to again I just uh, told damn. you about VS <laughs> say again bro I'm like oh damn that I just started that just no no I wouldn't want <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't want to call it that like because again yeah. I, like I explained to you I mean my time at VSM was a lovely time the first time I ever went in there damn. you know Phil the guy who ran it I mean very welcoming. You know, all the top players, very welcoming. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they would, you know, play amongst themselves because we know these are the world travelers. But you could sit down with any of those guys and they'll give you a set. Whereas with Next Level, it's just very cliquish. It's just, you know, it's just very, uh, a lot of standoffishness. Should should that bother a guy like Henry Sun? That, you know, we're all in the community together and his place, you know, has that vibe? What do you think? Should the bar had his son. I mean, because I think a lot of people um, also gotta I mean, remember I mean, Henry sends a businessman first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just wants that son. You know what I mean? I, don't know I mean, that. he's gonna have he's gonna have his um you know his people there. You yeah. know, again, he's a community. He he's a businessman first. He's always mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. So I I guess maybe it shouldn't bother him that much. You know, it's like I think that stuff is maybe just petty for him. You know, it's like, so, yeah, he, he so probably like, just doesn't think much about it. So in this scenario, like, it's hard to speak for the next person, right? I don't know how Henry feels about that. Yeah. Um, it, you, you mentioned it, right? Maybe the business comes first. Maybe vibes come second. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe making sure the vibe of the, the people that you're bringing in are, are, are well, good people. You know what I mean? Just someone that's going to not only make you feel welcome, but the next person welcome. That's something that I'm big on with the house. Let me ask so, you this. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I mean, have you gone to Next Level? You know, do you go to Next Level often anymore, or is it only the house? I've only been there twice. And oh. um, the first the first time was the first time. That was my first local there. That's where all the boys was there, but I didn't get to meet them. And then the second time, it was a lot more fun, but guess what's the difference now? What's that? I got clout. Yeah. That's the difference. I got clout. Everyone knows me as I walk in that venue. All the Dragon Ball Z boys of that time know who I am. You know what I mean? And it's not to like, not even just to sound shallow, but this is facts. I I remember my first time coming here. I mean, Lincoln was cool. Dragon Guy was there. Dragon Guy was cool as shit. I got to meet Noah Nova. Noah Nova was cool. Axis was pretty cool that day. But like, you know, I'm the guy with the clout. So like, now it's not a case of no one wants to talk to me. Everyone wants to talk to me. 
sounds crazy, right? Should we thank, I mean, how, well, no, not should we. I mean, obviously he's going to get his props, but, you know, with Bum, uh, where he has, he's in the Bronx, obviously much closer to you, much closer to a lot of guys. I know Trent from New, New Rochelle. Uh, yeah, too tall. Yeah, yeah, he he, uh, he always goes there because let's be honest, that uh trip out to next level was just too far away. Oh no, the trip out to next level was another reason why it was hard for me to go back, man. Dude, let me tell you something. I remember <laughs> one time it was me, Ronnie, Rage, and uh, Afro Dynamic, and yeah. I was driving the next level. We had a KOF tournament, and it's just I think that was my third time there, and then I remembered why I hated going there. That that trip, I, listen, I know it was the place to be for Street Fighter 4, for, um, you, you know, for the big Marvel games, excuse me, the big Capcom games. But, man, that, that, that trip was just too insane. So props to Bum. You know, a lot of people never want to give him props for anything, but he's managed mm. to build a nice little community there where it's, it, you know, it saves us the trip to going to the next level. Not that we wouldn't want to go if there's a big tournament happening out there. You know, people, yeah. lots of people go, but, you know, the proximity to home is so much better. I mean, especially if you're from the Bronx, even Manhattan. I mean, if you was to ask, like, Dragon Guard, right? He lives somewhere in Manhattan. Some would rather go to the to the house. I know people in Brooklyn that would rather go to the house than go to, to, to the next level. For some reason, it has a location that's just, that's just, it feels like it's not even in New York, man. Did the, house, reason, did the house split the Marvel community when, you know, when it was starting to come up? Because, you know, uh, Next Level, by all means, was the extension of uh, Chinatown Fair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was where the big stuff was happening. But when the house came around, when he finally built it up, did it fracture the community? And Marvel, well, that's hard to say since I wasn't from that era. Okay. But I could say, man, um, so you're asking me when Bum started hosting Marvel, did it fracture the community? In the sense that, well, now you have two places so which one is it where the top players are going to go? Or was it always just like, you know what, I'm just going to go over there because these guys are my boys compared to everybody else over there. So you know, here's the... I'm, I'm probably more closer to these group of guys than I am to the others. So here's the thing, right? So like a lot of people probably don't know this. A lot of the, a lot of evil players that are top eight now and, and that's in the history books, a lot of them came up with Bump. You know, Bum was one of those guys that was, like, really opening the door behind the scenes. It would be his sessions that would be, like, the most helpful. You know, this is something, like, I've heard from plenty of guys, from Ray, Coach Steve, Prodigy, and stuff of these natures. Yeah, well, it, like we said earlier, Hassan's, you know, a top-level, um, top, top eight, eight evil. evil player. So, like, fracture it, I mean, that, does, it, does it mean that it killed the Marvel community in New York? I can't yeah, say. I guess I, you know, I should've, maybe I should have chosen a better word. Yeah, I know this much. I know he produced a couple killers, though. You know, of course, at, of course. He did. If you look at that history, man, like I think for for Marvel, right? I could tell you four guys off the top of my head that are evil finalists that come from the house. All right, you have Ray Ray, you have Coach Steve, you have um Proj, and you have No Life. That's four guys that come from from the house. One of them is a grand finalist at that, which is Ray Ray. They come from the house. So is this... Wait, why am I forgetting? Uh, what's his name? The dude with the glasses. Uh, is Flux? Flux, unfortunately, never got a top eight Evil Finals, but Flux won regionals. Oh, I thought majors. Flux was a top eight Marvel player. At, he uh, at, he uh, was, at though. Evo. At Evo. Well, not, at, not at Evo, though, but he's okay. won a bunch of regionals, a bunch of majors. Mm -hmm. you know, shout out to Flux. 
You know, it's uh, so for me, I'm looking at it from a historical standpoint. I would say he added he added a different flavor. The thing with Bum, right? Even to this day, you gotta respect this gangster even if you don't want to. I think that's what gets people tight. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta respect what he's done. Like you can't ignore what he's done. For example, national champion, 2020 national champion Nitro. He comes directly from the house. He doesn't come from Sonic's nest of the wood, neck of the woods. He doesn't come from any other neck of the woods. He comes from a house of chaos. You gotta start at the house of chaos. That boy became Bandai national champion. That is an HOC representative right there. You cannot ignore the fact that that boy got his start and got better at the game at that house. Of course, of course. Uh, let's talk man. about you when it comes to Fighter Z. You know, mm-hmm. you you obviously played the game. You know, you sh- you uh, enter your fair share of tournaments. When did yeah. you decide that commentating was the way to go? All right. So, um, at the end of the day, it goes back to that soundtrack thing, right? We're just fighting games. Right. <laughs> Sometimes a voice really brings you in too, just as much as the gameplay. So, Yipes and Chris Matrix. Off rip. Those two guys, man. Oof. Important voices in the FGC. Chris Matrix, I think, doesn't get enough credit. That is one of my. That is probably one of my favorite commentators of all time. Yipes is as well. Those two guys is what made me want like, oh, let me let me try to be like them. You know what I mean? Because you just want you want to scream and be like, oh, and all that good stuff. So that's what made me want to do commentary. But like, I never, I knew. Bum wasn't going to give me the shot because he had his commentary at the time and he had a list of commentaries and Bum just didn't trust many people. So, yeah, with time. um, But in the meantime, though, before I got to start commentating, I got cool with the house. So I was the whack 0-2 player, but everyone knew who I was. Everyone, I got cool with people on the human side. People got cool with me because of just I'm, I'm me, right? It wasn't because I'm good at video games or anything like that. So, like, I got close to the house. And stuff of that nature. So, yeah. Dude, like we said, man, that goes a long way. That goes a long genu- way. Genuine character like that. Yeah. You, you know, you hear a lot of it. It's like, oh, we're such a welcoming community. But unfortunately, sometimes you hear way more negative than positives. But having that warm character that you have, that warm personality, it really does go a long way. It really does. Nah, and it helped me. It actually, it actually helped me. It made me feel comfortable with taking a step to commentary because I know, at least I know before I start, the house jacks me, like, like just as a person. Because for skills, it ain't going to be that. They're not going to think I'm cool because of my skills. They're going to think I'm cool because I'm a person. So I was able to, like, build relationships with everyone before I started commentating. It took me, like, eight months because I got there in November, and I think I started commentating sometime in mid to late June. That's why I got, like, my first shot, and um and, yeah. And by the way, this this goes back to what we were saying, man, because commentating in the FGC and video game in general is very saturated. You had to work your way around. It took you eight, nine months, but you Mm -hmm. finally got it because as you know, and a lot of people know, and a lot of people listening to this show know, when it comes to fighting games, and I'm only using them as an example, you know, other communities, uh, you know, like the StarCraft and, uh, you know, um, CSGO, I really wouldn't know how, you know, what kind of stuff they go through. But in fighting games, it seems that when people realize they can't be good enough to reach those levels as a competitor, they always turn to announcing. 
announcing always seems to be the one area of the FGC that's so oversaturated, at least from my point of view, where everybody wants to do it. But you, you know, you took the long way and you found your niche. Yeah, it's pretty cool. If you break it down like that, yeah. Because the the thing is, what made me kept on going back was because I had a good time at the house. Winning and losing was not part of the plan for me. Like, I didn't care. I just wanted to have a good time, and and I love competition. And I just wanted to see, wow, let's see, let's see who wins tonight. I just wanted to see it in person for some reason. I just love the the, the 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 competition vibe, and um, that's all what it was for me. So like, I used to go, and I just wanted to see people compete and see see them do their best. And um, winning and losing wasn't a thing for me, so I always went for fun. You you but, went there, you went there because you wanted to support the community. Support the community, and I and I was very intrigued by the competition, just to watch it in person too, and just to see what's it like when Randy Fiend loses and he's salty at his mind, or just to see Nack will be disappointed that Axis robbed him that night. You know, that's what I used to go for. Oh, it was Cisco, fun. man, that that dude. That's my guy right there. Man. That's my brother. Uh, right there. I, I love Cisco, man. It's like, have you ever? Is there more? Uh, is has there been a more talented person? You know, playing Marvel or any fighting game he touches, but he's got the mentality that he, you know, he can't do this full time. Could you imagine if he took it full time, man? I think he's a talented person overall, man. And 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 you know, it's funny. I had Cisco over at my crib on Saturday, and we was just talking and just. If he played Dragon Ball, I think he'll be a top ten player. I truly feel that he might be on his way to France. But you know, he he took the professional route. You know, he wants to go be a teacher. Shout out to Cisco, great dude. Oh, dude, Great really? Mind. He's going to be a teacher out in France? Uh, God bless him, man. Oh, That's awesome. France. No, my fault. I meant to say, like, if he would have been competing still, maybe he oh, would have okay. gotten flown out to France because now Nitro coach Steven Pretta going to France. Wow. Further skills for being so good at the game. I could see I could see Cisco being one of those guys because he was so good at the game. So good. But he chose to be a teacher. He's a teacher now. So yeah, God bless so him, man. God bless. It's funny. I remember, I remember yeah. talking to Cisco, like, cause he was like, he just didn't know what to do. I remember so many times he went to school for accounting and he realized he didn't want to do that. Raph, I might want to become a cop, but you know, it's good that he finally settled on something. And God bless the guy, man. That, that, yeah, that's that's a really good dude right there. The real good dude, hundred, hundred man right there. That's a that's a dope man. So yeah, man. Like that was kind of like my path, and then. Bum dubbed me twice, by the way. Bum said, no, I don't want you to know. He, t- he dubbed me twice. I asked twice. One of the opportunities was the person that was commentating had to play his match, and the mic- the headset was just there. And I just tapped him, like, want me to co- can I commentate with you? He was like, nah, man. He dubbed me. I was like, nah, that's cool, it's cool. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, we're not there yet? I hit him with that. I was like, we're not there yet? He's like, nah, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all right. And then Coach Steve came and kind of saved the awkwardness. I was cool with it. I should get dubbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should get dubbed. I, I ain't proved my worth. I suck as a player. Why would you want, you know, at the time, why would you want someone that's not good at the game to commentate your event? You want someone knowledgeable, right? That's always the key to commentary. You want someone knowledgeable. And so, like, he dubbed me, and then he dubbed me again, and then... It's funny. This is a funny story. So, are you aware of June NYC? Are you aware of June HOC player? Yeah, I believe I. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah, I, I seen his name uh, running around. So he started streaming that night, doing these Deacon streams, and um, 
I would join his Deegan streams. Me and June was cool. I was one of his first friends. And um, I was always there for him. Him and Falsy thing. We was used to just talk shit to like 6 o'clock in the morning. And like people would hear me talk. And then like, yo, you got to commentate one day. So like June was building a little community. And at the same time, that little community, like they all loved me. They all found me like so cool. Or like they found me like they liked my voice. Especially when I yell or I get mad, they thought I just sounded cool. They're like, yo, you should commentate. I'm like, I tried, but Bub dumped me a couple times. No, you should commentate. Like, and like Jeter and June, 14 and June will tell me the same thing. Yo, you should commentate. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, Bump dumped me. He already dumped me twice, so I, the shame in me is like, I'm not asking for a third time, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm already ashamed. I'm already happy with going to the house. It's cool. So... There was one day, it was the it was the tournament before DTN. This is 2019. Um, that same group of people in June's chat go to Bump's chat and they're like, yo, give Posey a chance. Let Posey commentate. Give Posey a chance. Let that boy commentate. He's good. I promise you, Bump. He's going to be that guy. Give Posey a chance. So then um, I can't remember Bump's response was, all right, I'll give him one chance. But if he's ass, I'm going to let him know and I'm going to get him off the mic. I'm like, I right, fuck it. Damn. I'm like, damn, I got a lot of pressure on me. But I said, fuck it. Cool. We in there. So it's funny enough that was the house ain't the first time I commentated though. Okay. I, I commentated this event called Key Two. It was a qualifier for DTN. And a guy named Freddy. Freddy gave me an opportunity to commentate the Dragon Ball Z tournament there. And it started there. And then I took what, the little bits and pieces I learned that day. I went to the house. And um, to say at least, Bum loved me instantly. <laughs> <laughs> he loved yo, me instantly. He's got gold here. He was, Yo, I remember when I sat down and like he, he saw me. He looked at me and he heard me talk. He was like, oh, now nah, you ain't going nowhere. I remember I commented like, I think I, comment, I, I commented Alucard and Super Noon. And I was going to get off off the next one. She was like, where you going? Stay right there. Keep on commentating with me. And, like, he actually <laughs> took a liking to me off rip. Because um, the thing is, I was using this smooth sexual voice. <laughs> when I first got on the mic, I was like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that super dash. Look at that super dash. Wow, what a 2 H. Oh, my God, this is so intense. That's how I was talking. I was talking, like, mad smooth, like I was talking to a girl, man. And, like, he liked it. He, he liked the smoothness of it. So, like, right, that. Right. So, so that that was my tryout, and then he, he he jacked me. He liked me, you know, and he said, "Screw you, I'm I'm keeping you," because oh, he had right, no confidence. He, he made you sign a contract or something. And he said, he just grabbed me by the neck. You're mine, you know, in his voice. <laughs> You're mine. Sit on the chair. Don't you ever leave, you know. <laughs> and bump fashion. <laughs> so that's funny, man. So yeah, so I become his guy after that, and um, I remember the following week, as soon as he saw me, I think he let one match pass. And um, it's these little bits and moments, right? When you're a commentator, that that means a lot to me. So like, the next week when I come back, he calls me personally. Yo, come over here, Posey. Come commentate. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, because Bump doesn't do that with the other commentators. Right. He doesn't he doesn't personally call Steve or anything. He's like, yo, Posey. Said that. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, he likes me. He actually does like me because Bump is he doesn't do that. He doesn't go out of his way to make someone do something. You know what I mean? You know, uh, commentating the house, uh, y you know, you got that live chat right there where anything goes. 
Yeah. And you knew uh, this is what you wanted to do. Did you have how much did you have to change up your style, or did you just go with the flow when you decided to start commentating? Did you know it's like, man, I got to make these people in the chat laugh, because you know I'm here with my boys. They make me laugh anyway, and yeah. um, you know I, I've seen their style. But is there is there a different mentality that goes along with commentating, especially in the house when you go from being a player to now being on the mic? So, um, it's hard to describe it now because, like, you know, me and the chat loves me, right? And I love the chat. But when I first started commentating, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to crack jokes. I wasn't trying to be the funniest guy in the room. It was almost like I was me, but toned down, like extremely toned down. Because I'm an eccentric person. I'm not going to lie. I'm very loud. Sometimes I'm very out there. I'm very outgoing. But I was toned down, right? And I was just my cool, I guess my cool, calm, collective self. And that alone, the chat kind of jacked me. They loved me on one and one now. They were like, well, I like this guy. He's cool. He's calm. He's not trying to be anything. I think they could realize they, I wasn't trying to be anyone other than myself. You know what I mean? And um, that was good enough for them. And then with time, eventually, the funny would kick in, right? The, 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 the humor would kick in, the silliness and all that good stuff. And then eventually it became one, the, the dumbness sometimes because I'm an idiot now. <laughs> I'll be the first one to admit I'm a dumbass. I'll be saying the stupidest shit. And, like, eventually all that became one, and now it is what it is today. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how bad that hires me, but, you know, they hired me. <laughs> Dude, actually, I, I wanted to uh, get to that, you know, and let's get to it now. I mean, Bandai comes along, and, you know, you, it, it, this must have been like, what? Like, what is it? What, what, who's trying to hire me? Oh, man, I couldn't believe it. Cause the thing is, um, unfortunately, I don't know why, man. I don't know why Bunk gets that stigma. Maybe cause he's a he's from the hood, he's from the South Bronx. Maybe the way he looks. But I, I always felt like Bum doesn't get you know a fair share. Like you know he doesn't get the, the opportunities he truly deserves that he truly works hard for. Right. So I knew okay, I'm gonna be a commentator at the house. But in the back of my head, and I'm glad that I was wrong. I'm like, this is not gonna bring me opportunities, but. But screw it, I'm happy. Because of the stigma that supposedly comes with being part of the House of Chaos or or, or just being next to Bump, right? But I was big on loyalty. I said, screw all that. I'm always going to commentate here. This is my home. I love this spot. You know what I mean? So I always felt like opportunities, like such as the band that I click it in, and even just commentary regions, that would never come to be. That would never happen. Maybe because I'm next to them. And I'm so happy that I'm extremely wrong about that. It's because I'm part of the House of Chaos that I got the opportunity at Bandai. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the fact that Nitro and um, Double L and the Mini Assassin and um, I forgot the other guy. Who else was? Oh, and Mama Lamba from Online, by the way. It's because they were part of the House of Chaos that um, they were able to get the opportunities that they got. So, like, that made me change my mindset about the house overall. I'm like, okay, this could be a thing. People are have to pay attention. I feel like they already should have, but now they're forced to. You know what I mean? And that that's dope to me. I just felt like maybe I'll never get that fair shake because I'm part of it. But I ended up being wrong, and I'm so happy I was wrong. What was it like uh, commentating the national championship for this game that came out? And it has, you know, the whole fighting game community, the whole gaming community, you know, in its grasp. Ah, man, um, 
I remember being stressed the hell out because um, I got the announcement when I hosted the Monday Gate. That saved day, so that was a great weekend. <laughs> a lot of good things happened that weekend. But I remember <laughs> I, I was a god. Oh, because by the way, I also completed the partner program, but I just haven't been accepted by Twitch yet. Those assholes. But nonetheless, um, I remember feeling stressed because of the weeks that I was put in to commentate the event. So it's me, Yipes, Acoustics, and Bum. Um, so Yipes and Bum was supposed to commentate the first two weeks, and they were godlike on the mic. They were godlike. They really put on a great show. And then Bum and Acoustics was on the third and fourth week. Not Bum and Acoustics, I'm sorry. Yipes and Acoustics was on the third and fourth week. And I'm like, holy cow, these guys were amazing too. And now I'm up. And, you know, we're humans. We have insecurities. We're insecure. Right, right. And I'm just like, yo, how the hell am I supposed to top these guys? It's not a competition, of course, but damn, man. I, I say it to this day, I was the worst performance at Nationals. I wasn't horrible. I wasn't dog shit, but I was the worst because Bum and Kusis were definitely better. I think they presented themselves better. They made it more enjoyable, right? So my first week comes up. I'm commentating week five with yipes, no less. That's my first big gig. My first big gig is for the comp- is for the creators of the game, Bandai, as with yipes, the GOAT, in my opinion. That is the GOAT of commentary. There's no other way around it. And um, and I'm nervous like shit, man. And um, and I I everyone tells me I did okay. I was freaking garbage that day, dude. I was ass on commentary. Like this was, is they, not my was that just you giving yourself a hard time, or you yeah, legit was me. That, that was I really legit thought. And people would tell me, "Yo, you did good today." I'm like, "Yo," and like the feeling of being lied to. Maybe I'm still wrong to this day, but the feeling of me feeling like I felt like I was getting lied to, and that bothered me even more. I'm like, "Yo, tell me the truth." I was ass. It's all right. You know, I have another week. It's all right. I'm, I was ass. And then I would go on Twitch. Twitch is not berating the you know berating me. They're not berating my commentary. No one shit on me. You know what I mean? And I'm expecting to get shit on. Because you know, that's what happened with, with the other commentators. Like, oh, that shit is deserved. Like, that's how hard I was on myself. I was like, I deserve to get shit on. Because that, that wasn't good commentary. That was ass. And I couldn't find the berating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you ever, that's so toxic. Like, you're looking for people to be toxic about you and you can't just find it. That frustrates you even more. You can't find toxicity. I'm an idiot. I told you this, Rafa. I'm yeah, an idiot. <laughs> that, that, that's a big problem, uh, you know, in the gaming community and anything in general. All people want to look for is the negativity. You know, you look at a guy like yourself. You're happy-go-lucky. You're very open. And look at that. You were you fell into the trap as well. It's like just like, come on, you know, like, come on, where's all the negativity? We're like, it's like, for whatever reason, you're feeding off of it. But, I, I you know, it seems that, you know, you caught yourself and you did a good job. Everybody praised your work. What's life been for you after you know doing the um the National Dragon Ball Fighter tur- um tournament? You know, have you gotten more followers? Have you gotten more uh, you know of a presence in within the uh, community as well? Um, I just feel after that, right? So, so I commentate the second week. I cried because I'm a little girl, and I was just like, "Yeah, thank you for the opportunity." When I did that. The second week, because the second week I was able to bounce back from the first week. Right. I remember towards the end, Yipes told me, yo, any last words? And uh, I really couldn't talk, man. Like, I, I got choked up. As soon as I said thank you to, to the Masters and Tyrant, I wanted to thank a thousand people, but I can't even make it past that 
first speech. <laughs> and I just started, I, I just started choking up and I started tearing up because I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, um, this is just real shit, man. We're from the hood, bro. We're right. from the Bronx. Like I'm from the Bronx. I'm from the hood. I, I, you could say I come from nothing. You know, I, I'm fortunate to have the good family that I have to keep my head on my shoulders. But for me, that moment meant, meant so much because um, you know, with life, a lot of failure comes your way. You fail a lot in life, a lot. At least in my case, I don't succeed often. So like that was like the first time, like on, on some personal shit. That was the first time, like in my life, I felt like I, I actually succeeded in something. Mind you, I got a degree in math. Right. I got all this, all this good things, but it doesn't feel like true success at the end of the day because it's just, it feels like accomplishments. Because I feel like there's a difference between accomplishments and success. I mean, you accomplish something, succeeding is just, you really just solidified something. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, accomplishment in this case, you know, you went to college and you got your degree. That's an accomplishment. Success, in your case, was basically, well, this is something that I love. This is something that, uh, you know, I grew up with. And look at that, like you said, for you being a kid from the South Bronx. And unfortunately, you know, I know exactly what you mean. It's just like, yeah, you know, nobody really thought a hood boy would actually make it up to those levels. And, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're not the kids. first. Say we're again? We're kids. We're, we're kids from urban neighborhoods. Yeah, exactly. And, and let's be honest, a lot of the FGC, that's what it's made up of. I mean, you know, the yeah, really grew grew up in the hood. Exactly. Yeah. We just didn't pay attention to it. So the simple fact that you were able to, you know, succeed in what you wanted to do, it, you know, that's, that's what a lot of people in this community want to do. That's why they kill themselves to try to, you know, be great content creators, try to be the next best announcer because they want to feel that high. Or, or just achieve that moment I was able to achieve. And um, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's like I said, I got, I've suffered a lot of failures in my life, man. A lot of aspects of my life. That felt like the first time I succeeded. So for me, I always... I always believe that, you know, failure is common, but success is rare. That was the first time I felt something rare in my life. You know, I felt success. I felt successful. You know what I mean? And that, that really, that moment really hit different for me. And um, so to this day, a- I always said, like, if nothing comes after this, I'm happy with it. That's my, that's my financial moment. Well, well, I'm sure you came back, uh, um, you know, you did your job, all the boys at the house, you know, they were all happy. You got all your props. You yourself said you're doing a lot of streaming now. You know, are you trying to keep up with the success that that brought you or, you know, are you just taking a chill for now? So like this year specifically, um, I started focusing more on work. Fortunately, real life was real still. So like it's hard to be. 100 percent to this when you got bills to pay man you got bills to pay and um it's like i told my mom and this is this is unfortunately one of the harshest realities about about the fighting game community or just any video game that you're in but specifically the fighting game community clout and fame does not bring money it's not always gonna bring money it is but it's not always gonna do that so you still gotta go out there and get it in real life so like i even this year i feel like i took a step back but the respect is there you know what I mean? I feel like I'm in a spot where, like, I'm heavily respected by my peers in the community, in the house, and that's 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 more than enough for me. So, like, if I do get gigs, I get gigs. That'd be dope. But, like, I think my job in the, in, in the FGC is not done, 
but it's all a, it's all a well it's all a very good path man because i got the respect from my peers respect from bum respect from the people that matter to me you know what i mean and um and that's all that that that's important to me but i wish i was i could be 100 percent always committed but you know i got work <laughs> well that's actually the big question you know I've, I've asked it to a few people on this show and i want to finish it off with this you know mm -hmm. you 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 just told yourself some truth right there you just told the truth to a lot of people you know and we covered it earlier this is not something that you could replace uh you know fully a nine to five this is not gonna you can't you know you can't live off of this completely unless you're that really it's literally good. it's literally one percent yeah so I mean, I'm, again, to close this uh, interview, I'm gonna ask you, man. Like, it, like, how much longer do you think you could do this? You're still a relatively young guy, you know. These are your boys over there. Uh, you know, the FGC is, you know, uh, is part of your family. How much longer do you think you're gonna be doing this? Ah uh, man, as long God, as long as I can, but I wanna be, I wanna be 45 year old, 45 years old, telling kids, you ass, ah, stop playing, you know, I can't. <laughs> For as long as I got a voice, man. For as long as I'm alive, I I, I can't wait for Bud to be 60 and I'm gonna be like 53. Oh, he really did it too. You know, I can't wait for all that, man. Like, I want this to be a life thing, but I I just pray that my interest in finding games never dies. And I think it it didn't, right? Because I thought it did. Then eventually it came back to me five years later down the line. You know, it's funny, man. You just said something. You know, our generation. When we're hit, you know, we're going to hit 60. Everybody else is thinking of a lot of things. You know, the older generation is now passing by. We're going to get to be 60. You 60, I'm 70. And we're going to be probably yelling at kids, man. Why the heck did you do that Hadouken? You know, when this. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. All we can pray is that Hadouken makes it that far into life. That's all we want. Ain't that the truth, man? Who knows That's where video games are going to be when we hit those ages? God, I love video games, man. It's, it's life changing. It saved my life. I will always say that. Because it saved your it was, life? Oh, hell yeah, man. It has to, because you got to understand before I went to any local, I didn't know what was next. It was like the most oblivious time in my life because like, I didn't know what was next. And then, bow, local. Bow. Four years later, everything just changes. <laughs> well listen man it was a fun uh you know hour and a half hour and 40 minutes posey i oh, really man, I really enjoyed the um... about that ralph <laughs> no, it's okay man don't worry some people gotta take naps right <laughs> <laughs> definitely man it was a long day now listen man i really appreciate you. they want to reach out and you know chat with you or even you know when you're off, huh? you know what what are your streaming schedules let you know let our public know here man Right, let me get. I'm gonna get back on streaming, guys, and I'm coming back with a retro week. Give me next week Monday. Um, uh, my Twitch is twitch.tv/slash posy posy ninety two nine two. So it's posy ninety two. And listen, guys, man, I had a fun time with Posy today. You could catch the episode on iHeartRadio. You could catch it on Radio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck it's called. You know, we'll have it up on uh, YouTube soon. For anybody who only likes listening to podcasts on YouTube and Posey, man, again, I really want to thank you for this interview. Thank you. I, you man. know, I, I really appreciated the time. You know, reminiscing about the video game history. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're you're a lot of fun, man, and I'm hoping to have you on later on so we could do a Spanish podcast or, or for all of I our want, Dominicans we, out in DR. I mean, we could do this. Podemos hacer español si tú quieres. Exactamente, en español lo podemos hacer. Si Yo hice una con una mexicana y ellos le gustaron para allá. Vamos a hacerlo a la República. 
No mentira, verdad? Yes, I did. I did a podcast with a uh, Athena MX. She's a oh. Mexican KOF player. She's the top Mexican pl- uh, female player in Mexico and in that region in general. We did it all in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, man. I definitely want to do this in person. You let me know. Um, I'm here, man. If you ever want to link up in person, we can do this in person. Of in course, Spanish, man. And we can definitely talk. We can talk about you because I want to hear your history, too. Of course, man. Of course. And listen, brother. It was a lot of fun. Guys, have a good night. You know, have a good have day a wherever night, the heck you are. And we'll see you next time, man. Thanks. Thank you, Rafael. Be easy, man. All right, brother, you take care. That was a lot of fun. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production.